For the yellow rose of Texas is the only gal I love Her eyes are even bluer than Texas skies above Her heart's as big as Texas and wherever I may go I'll remember her forever because I love her so There are so many roses that bloom along the way But my heart's in Amarillo and that's where it will stay For the yellow rose of Texas so I better get there fast Cause I know I was her first love and I want to be her last. Yellow Rose of Texas is the only gal I love. Her eyes are even bluer than Texas skies above. Her heart's as big as Texas and wherever I may go. I'll remember her forever because I love her so. Oh, he's gonna bring it home now, baby. The eyes of Texas are upon you all the little long day. The eyes of Texas are upon you. You cannot get away. Do not think you can escape when the tide of early in the fall. The eyes of Texas are Yeah, it just, uh, 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 uh. that's that chick from the Orange is the New Black going on some rant about some married dude's butthole. She was looking, good morning, ass family, and welcome. Welcome, welcome to, uh. Oh, 
Uh, your boy is dragging ass this morning, uh, ass family, but I'm going to get through it because I am in a weird and kooky fucking mood today. Oh, the stream of consciousness might not stop. I'm just telling you. Woke up at 1 o'clock in the morning, thanks to a bloody nose. Appreciate that there, body rejecting blood. Been up since then. Awesome. Went to bed about 10, so working on a whopping three hours. But boy, oh boy, do I have a show planned for you today. We are going to start today with mail. But I should say we should start with good morning first. But we're going to start with mail today because, boy, oh, boy, there's a mail in there. And usually we help the first person. But today we we, we got to start somewhere else. Uh, I, I mean, look, there's so much to get to right now. I mean, my God in heaven. Today is the day that Elvis died. I, I feel my inner king working through me today to entertain like the hunk of hunk of burning love I am. And I got special shit planned for you today. So let's get this shit started, shall we? We're not going to bow down and kiss the ring of the alphabet cult. Ah, uh, Cowboys Girl, first one here. says, good morning, ass family, and happy... Hump day! All you horny toads, well, happy hump day to you as well, Cowboys Girl. There he is. Oh, the man with the plan. The man of the hour. The man that is too sweet to be sour. I'll say 230 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. Ladies and gentlemen, our friend Christopher, the movie guy, says, good morning, ass family. First day of school today. Hey, you kids on the bus, I'm talking about that guy. If you you see your guy laughing right now, I'm talking about him. Back in my bus ready to drive while I get a big load of ass in my ear. Well, there you go. You're going to get it today. Woo, Daddy, like I said, I am in what you would call a mood. Shitter was full. Mad Hatter, good morning to you this fine morning. Hope you are doing well there. Uh, let's see, Scott. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime cow. Scott says, good morning, Arnie and ass family. In honor of Elvis, I packed a peanut butter and nanner sandwich for lunch. Well, there you go. That's fantastic. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, my lord. There she is. Stars? The one, the, the only bratty kid is all I'm up so, in the all up in the house. I'm so not a raper. No, you're you're not. You you are definitely not that. Uh, the notorious Rev. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words uh, in this adulterous and sinful generation. Yeah, good morning to you too, sir. I hope that you have a wonderful day today. Congratulations on the new gig. Hey yo. Hey yo. Uh, Gold says happy. Day. Chicos and chicas. Uh, let's see. Uh, Chaz man. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. Yeah. Says morning, ass family. Had an impromptu day off yesterday. Even though it was only Tuesday, it was nice to just lay around all day. I'm here for. Hump day. So uh, have a great day, everyone. Sanchez family. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. We are free at last. By the way, uh, I will be taking donations starting today. I went outside this morning, and oh, my God, I almost froze to death. 
It was only 66 degrees in Rockwall, Texas this morning. God! Climate change! Climate change! Felt fucking amazing outside. No, they, oh, it's going to cool down. Yeah, then it's going to go back to 100. Well, yes, it's going to go back to 100. We're still in August, stupid. Oh, Colin says morning, everyone. Colin, how you doing today? Trash Panda! Oh, I love trash. Says morning, ass family. Angry Trash Panda rant. Don't be a worthless maggot and put your fucking garbage in your green waste. Can uh, then have the fucking audacity to call the office and say your trash was missed yesterday. Hey, asshole, I only pick up trash, and it's not even Green Waste Week. Fucking worthless maggot. Ran over. Let's get this uh, hump day on. Hump day? Now, now I understand you, uh, Trash Panda, but see, I live in Rockwall, Texas, where they don't know what fucking green pickup day is. They give us a nice calendar to put on our fucking fridge, and I go to the calendar and go, beep, boop, 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 beep. Oh, hey, look, it's Green Waste Day or week. So I take the green waste from where we keep it, the gla- the grass clippings and shit, and boom, ba doom, ba doom, ba doom, ba doom, go down to the driveway, put it there, and it has sat there for the last two fucking weeks. Fucking rock wall, dicks. Like I said, I'm in a mood. Becca, Becca. Derek says good morning, ass family. Happy. Bump day. Happy that to you as well. Stink fest. Says good morning, ass. R.I.P. King. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, the king of rock and roll died 46 years ago today. I like to butt fuck fine ladies. Mm-hmm. Will I choke? Hold a bitch. Well, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big Coop all up in here. He says everyone eat a peanut butter and nanner sandwich today for the king. Got to throw some bacon on there too. Uh, let's see. Folks, I was trash for. Safety guy, hold on, gotta go back over here. I have so many sound safety effects. Like repair, safety, like replace. safety guy says, uh, "Morning, ass, uh, fellow ass fans. Well, good morning to you as well. The good Darren. Please be a fart. Please be a fart. Please be a fart. I should be fine if I don't push too hard." Good morning, ass family. Have a great Wednesday. R.I.P. King. R.I.P. Oh, my little Roy toy. What is it about good sex that makes me have to crap? I don't know, uh, Slum Roy, but good morning to you and happy... Bump day! Uh, Ralphie! Like a pink nightmare. (laughs) Says, good morning, ass family. Has it been really 46 years since the king left us? I was pretty little when it happened. But I remember how sad everybody was at the neighborhood barbecue. Rest in peace, King. Oh, I remember it, too. I was a little kid. I wasn't even uh, six years old yet, but I remember it. My dad was a musician. He was bummed out. He actually liked the King. He did like the King. He didn't like the the gyrating and stuff like that, but he did like the boogie-woogie part of it. So he had that going for him. He's fantastic. Just a great guy. Thank you. Thank really, you so uh, much. very, very knowledgeable. He has a tremendous memory. Mm-hmm. I do. And I really I enjoyed do. being with him. Yeah. Uh, you're out. Says good morning, y'all. R.I.P. to the King. T.C.B. Baby. Oh my. Up in the house in Oklahoma this morning. Says y'all, morning, y'all. 
I'm alive and almost through the college fall rush, tired but here. Well, we are so glad that you are here this morning. Like I said, I got a big show planned. I don't have an anger problem. I have an idiot problem. Well, Kale, I understand that. Mail call, that's sexist. Yes, yes it is. Safety guy, Brady, dropped the people's elbow on you in your sleep, probably. Hopefully he listens to it over the bus PA system, educates some children. Oh, that would be great, but I know he doesn't do that because he's a good bus driver. House of Pain! This morning, ass, some impaired, allegedly, guy rear-ended me last night. Oh, God, no homo. Getting scans next day or two, cars likely totaled, but I have some ass, so it's not all that bad. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, my friend. That sucks. You get a video, it's like my neighbors who put their dog shit in the green waste. What the fuck is up with that? Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel your pain. I've made it through next week without uh, punching a student at UNR. I'll be happy. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> Buenos dias, soccer! He says, wearing my bow tie for the Angry Arnie Show. Not really angry. I, I, I feel like a sloppy college sorority girl. You know, that girl that finally gets away from home and after the first seven pounds of the freshman 15, which is actually 50, um, gets put on where they're just pounding booze left and right, you know, and they just pass out. You're going to talk and you're going to listen. That's the mood I'm in today. That is definitely the mood that I am in today. (laughs) Swoosh says, morning ass family, happy hump day. Now, like I said, uh, by the way, by the way, uh, we have to say an impromptu. I didn't see him here, but... It's t-shirt time? Well, yeah. Uh, kind of t-shirt Rhino time. 4T5 it's printing. It's yeah. t-shirt time. T-shirt time. It's t-shirt time. Everybody yeah. knows it's t-shirt time. So nice. T-shirt it, Jesse. time. It's t-shirt time. Oh, my God. Shut up. Uh, I'm just trying to let everybody know so they put their t-shirts. Says, Good morning, assholes. We'll be listening through my earbuds. Good. We have a listener mail about t-shirts coming up today, but I wanted to say good morning. And today we went with the Elvis's people called it Mugshot. But this was an actual shot for his badge, his honorary FBI badge. Uh, so uh, there you go. There's the king, R.I.P. the king. Now, we have lots and lots of mail, so we're going to get through it. First things first. Um, oh, wait. Well, how do I do this? Yeah, this is how I do it. Okay, I got to get everything set up first. Mail brought to you by our dear friends at JS Floors. The best flooring store in the West. The rest, wow. Wow. This is this is upsetting. I just found this out. The rest like to show up for an estimate at your house, but instead they start a cockfighting league, and I'm not talking about roosters. And they do it right there in your house. Instead of roosters, they use old men who are all hopped up on gas station boner pills and have to fight to the finish. And by finish, yes, I mean fight to the finish. Or one strokes out. All for the amusement of those terrible, evil, shittistan princes. Now, I say we got to stop them. Best way to stop them is go see my friend Jesse at JS Floors. You know why? He doesn't want to do any of that stuff. 
He doesn't want to have to give boner pills to an old man. That's disgusting. That is gross. Honorary FBI, my ass, he was full-blown sworn in and licensed to arrest hearts and minds all over the world. Amen, he was. My friend Jesse, all he wants to do is do great work on your floor. So give him a call at 775-267-4123. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Welcome to Mail Call. All right, scumbag, pay attention. It's time for Mail Call. Okay, now what the fuck do you want? Now... Usually I start with a question. Somebody asks me a question, and I'll, I'll answer. And, and we do have a question one. It, it, it's not it's not one of the greatest questions we've ever gotten on the show. I, I'll say that. But I'm still going to answer it because that's what I do. Um, I'm going to put some chewing tobacco in because uh, today we're only going to do one song today, and I've only rehearsed it one time. But I think I've actually outdone myself. I've originally done this song for my dad because this was one of his favorite songs. But since today is the day that the king died, we're going to do the king's version of my way. And now it's time to ask, ask him a question. He's fat, really, really fat. He looks like a goddamn building. Wait, wait, we got to start this over. This is terrible. I, like I said, I only went through one part, part. Let's see. Let's see if I can keep up this time. It gets better as it goes on, I promise. Now it's time to ask, ask him a question. He's fat. Really, really fat. I'm gonna skip all this goddamn part. It looks like a goddamn building. Eats and eats and eats. He likes each and everything on the buffet. You ask him now. Ask him now. He'll fuck a cow and eat a song. He's had a few, you know the one called Satana. Who's a bitch, a fucking slut. Some even call her a cunt. But ask him right now, oh, he will fuck a cow and again go out and eat some fried chicken yes there were times you know I knew when I ate so much I more than grew 
But through it all, I didn't pout. I came in to get it out. We visited all as we stood tall with the assembly. I once did another show, but now it's sure. Does blow. They're fat, really, really fat. I find it all so amusing to think you did all that. You didn't win. And may I say, oh, I'm here and I'm not going. Away. You pissed me off, you made me mad. So when you fail, I will be glad to say the things you said about me. It's like we were never family. The record shows. Without me, you're so close with the Aspenly. The record shows. Without me, you're so close with the a tremendous audience. Thank you. Got to work on that first part. First part, he fucks all up. I, I, and I don't listen to the Elvis My Way part that, that much. I always listen to Frank so I can get that one down. But I, I will work on it because that one, that one takes something out of you right there. Woo! Man, oh, man. I think you're starting a measure too early now. You're on it, yeah. Dominic says, good morning, happy hump day. Uh, Arnie, the song is in the key of C. You're in F flat. Thank you. Uh, unbelievable, emotional, brought the house down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. The first letter I want to go with is uh, from Heather. And it says, I'm watching a show on Vice about radio in 2000. It's about Howard Stern. What are your thoughts on him back then compared to now? By the way, I've always listened to your show, and your show's uh, uh, not him, but this show was very interesting. Heather, thank you. Heather, I watched the show last night, too. It's the dark side of the 2000s on uh, Vice Network. Kelly's applauding. Thank you, Kelly. Um, the, the Vice Network comes out with these, these dark sides. It started dark side of the 80s, dark side of the 90s, dark side of the 2000s. Y'all need to slow down. You're going to be at the 2010s in no time, and then you've got to wait a few years. We're still six years away from 2030, another 10 from being able to define what the 2020s are. So slow down. And by the way, we all lived it. We know there were fucking dark times in those times. We, you don't need to keep bringing out more shows about talking about how shitty it was. 
An alternate verse can be, you're a coward, you have no sack. In fact, you got your ass kicked by a wine rack. I like that. Book Howard, Woke Stern. Well, let, let's go back in time, shall we? This is very interesting. This was a very, very interesting show for me to watch last night. Howard Stern gets credit for the the term shock jock. And it's not fair to the people that preceded him. People like Stevenson Pruitt, who were here in Dallas, long before Howard Stern was doing whatever he was doing on the East Coast. There were these jocks on the air that were trying to go as far as stand-up comedians would go. And nobody could because you were on terrestrial radio. And we'll get to some things that were said last night on this show. Um, but I, 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 I remember the first time I heard of Howard, and I was like, ah. The stars at night are big and bright. Todd Station, good morning, my friend. He says, remembering Elvis today. Well, that is fantastic. That is what we are going to do with the music today. Um, so, Howard was big on the West Coast. I started my radio career in Reno. Started on a country station. And I can remember, and we flipped formats over to the rock station. And watching last night's two-part series... Um, <laughs> back when Stern was on in Sacramento, it came on after your morning show, but the quality drop was like, okay, I had the gourmet pizza, but I'm still hungry. Oh, look, there's a little Caesar's. Not good, but it's pizza. That was his show compared to yours. That is a huge compliment. Thank you. So I remember when, when our show first took off. When it, I mean, it just ramped up, and, and I'm going to name some names today. I'm not going to tell you the entire story. I'm just going to tell you the, the, my origin, the, the, the deep origins in the history between our show and Howard Stern's show and even Opie and Anthony, and maybe even mixing a little man cow in there as well. So our show took off in Reno, and everybody was talking about it. And that's when it was all three of us. So everybody was scrambling to keep up with us because they knew we weren't long for Reno, meaning we were out of that market soon. And they brought Howard in. The alternative station that we used to battle with, they brought Howard in. And I'll never forget it. We worked up on, uh, on Sutro Boulevard up in, uh, in Reno in northwest uh, McCarran. Old rickety shack building, and this was before they did renovations. And I remember I was walking back from the break room. I had just gotten a grandma's peanut butter cookie because I love those fucking things. And we had this weird, this fucking weird, like, plant-like structure inside the building. Like, they were live plants, and they had horticulturists come there once a week and water them and do that. This building was so rickety at that time, they didn't even have a central PA to play the radio stations. I am not kidding about this. In the lobby, there was a table set up, and it had like a Tandy receiver. It might have been better than Tandy. 
And we had set it up to listen to Howard's first day, like if we were walking back and forth, just to see, you know, if anything was said. And I was walking back, eating my grandma's cookie. Howard said, hey, we're signing on in Reno today, because they signed on live. They signed at 4 o'clock in the morning. Like, it was early. And uh, they, well, who's, who's number one there? And Robin, I, I'll never forget, Robin said, Rob, Arnie, and Dawn. And then Howard said, Rob, Arnie, and Dawn. Oh, they sound like a bunch of fags or whatever. You know, it's, a, it's some bullshit thing. And that's what led into Howard's shtick. Howard Stern was really a talentless fucking hack when it came to radio until he started talking shit about other people. He would talk about his own life, about masturbating and a small dick and everything. But what got him notoriety is when he would shit on people. And it started It started with a guy that he worked with because that guy didn't like him. And that guy was Don Imus. You're in a nightclub, for God's sake. What do you yeah. think is going to happen at a nightclub? People are drinking and doing drugs? Yeah. There are women there, and, uh, and the people have guns. So yeah. anyway, go ahead. Well, Howard eviscerated him, but that ended up getting Howard fired from WNBC. So he went over to K-Rock. They gave him the morning shot. And he destroyed Imus because that was his shtick. Then they signed him on in Philadelphia. They started syndicating. And he went up against a guy named Mimbella Mimbella or something like that. And this guy was like the top Philly morning guy for the last 10, 15 years, right? And he had the morning zoo. And they tell the story on Dark Side of the 2000s about how Howard ruined him, had a funeral for him, ended up having, it, it, it told him on the air that his wife was going to divorce him, which she did. Then the wife came on Howard's show. He paid her five grand to be on the show. She ended up killing herself. And that was Howard's shtick, was to attack local markets. That was his entire show. Now, there will be a mirroring that you see happening in this story. And wait till the end, and you see the mirroring that I'm talking about. Our whole tactic was to go into a market and not give a fuck about anybody else. We didn't talk about any other shows. We didn't care about any other shows. We didn't care if other shows talked about us. If other shows talked about us, that meant they were worried about us. And that was the right game plan to play. Howard came into Sacramento, and they thought, oh, this is the death of that show. Finally, we don't have to hear those two idiots and that cackling bitch anymore because Howard Stern is going to save the day. Hot mama? Fuck your mama. Good morning to you as well. <clears throat> well, did that happen? Uh-uh. No, it did not happen. We destroyed Howard Stern. And this is right when we first got to Sacramento. Now, when we first got to Sacramento, uh, the first rate, we, we, we destroyed everybody within the first 12 months. And our parent company at that time was called Intercom. And I worked for a guy, and, and the interesting part about this whole dynamic of when we went from Reno to Sacramento 
we were friends with, well, Scab was friends because he was the program director, so he played a lot of music. So he knew a record rep. And that record rep was one of our good friends that we like to hang out with. And this is back uh, right after my drinking days. But we were still cool, hung out. She happened to be dating the program director for 93 Rock, which turned into 98 Rock, a guy we used to refer to as the Prince of Programming. His name's Curtis Johnson. Curtis was a very influential man in the world of music and in radio. And Curtis knew more about music than anybody I've ever met. Grew up in Arizona, marathon guy, fucking, you know, trail bike rider, all this kind of outdoor activity stuff, because he was kind of a puss anyway, but, but, he was, but he was awesome. Also, he was hand-selected by a little group named Metallica. Now, you might hate the load and reload albums all you want, but they sold millions of copies. He was hand-picked to pick out songs. He did pick out Fuel. So, Curtis Johnson was a very influential guy in radio, and he hired us in Sacramento. A day after we accepted Sacramento, Philadelphia offered us a contract. Philadelphia at the time, Sacramento was like 24th radio market. It's a large market. It's not, it's not a major market. It's a large market as they define it. Philadelphia was like 4th. And here's the thing. We didn't take that, first of all, because we signed with Sacramento and we wanted to stay true to our signature. They would have let us go. But the problem was Howard was huge in Philadelphia. We didn't want to fight that fight. We're not East Coasters. And can you imagine a Dallas Cowboy fan in Philadelphia? Because they couldn't tell me who I could and couldn't root for. We had this little thing in our contract called creative control. So if we were to ever, God forbid, move to Cleveland, you wouldn't see me sporting fucking Browns gear all of a sudden. Now, did I go to some Mariners games? Yes. We lived in Seattle. I'm getting ahead of myself in the story. Sorry. So we destroyed everybody. They brought Howard in. Howard didn't do anything against us. So Intercom decided, hey, we want to take this show, and we want to syndicate it. You're going to still be on in Sacramento and Reno, but we're going to move you to Seattle to our biggest market on the West Coast. And we were like, fuck yeah. And with big market money, and, and Seattle was like eighth. And that's a major market, which means cha-ching. Glad you didn't go to Philly. You might have gotten fat from eating cheesesteaks. No shit. So we go up there, and I've documented on this show a number of times how bad it was up there for us. It was so bad one day we decided to... uh, because we knew they weren't working with us. We knew that we were placed in, in there by the company, and they didn't want us. So we planned a lunch. We set a lunch date meeting between the, the general manager, whose name I don't remember, Steve Blowjob or something, and then the program director, 
who was this fucking asshole from Oklahoma who got his break in radio at KLBJ in Austin, and he hated the Longhorns because he's a Sooner fan, a guy by the name of Clark Ryan. What a piece of shit. (coughs) Worst guy I ever worked for. So we're working there, and this is back when, you know, shock jocks were a thing. And we call this meeting, and the GM decided not to show up. And that pretty much, we, we knew that we were leaving. And I'll never forget, it was like on one of the last days that we were there. We were doing a story. What, what's the guy who uh, America's most wanted? Was that Steve Walsh, Bill Walsh? Remember him? And he, he, he rose to fame because, sadly, his son was kidnapped. Daniel J. Travanti played him in a movie, the guy from Hill Street Blues. And I think the movie's name was Adam. And there's a big scene. John Walsh. Thank you, Ogre. And there's a scene in the movie, like, when they find out that Adam's gone. And Daniel J. Travanti goes, Adam! Well... Our studios in Seattle worked this way. We had this really big studio on the 17th floor. And it was connected to a producer's booth. And that, at that time, Bo was our producer. And we had to leave the door open because sometimes Bo would have to run in there. They didn't have computers to, like, shoot, you know, what line one wanted to say. So he had to run in there. So we always kept the door open because the only office that was down there was Clark's office. And if Clark didn't have to make phone calls, he'd keep his door open. But his room was soundproof, and our room was soundproof. So as long as he wasn't talking, it didn't come into our studio. But our studio would bleed into his office. And I'm sitting there, and the story comes on that John Walsh was just busted cheating on his wife. And the way our bits used to work on this show where I would let the two idiots talk it out, and then I would come in for the home run shot at the end to take us into a commercial break. And those two were talking, oh, this is terrible, you cheat on your wife, this is this, and they're, oh, well, I'm pompous, and I'm going to say this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. I can't believe you said that, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's the way it is. So then it gets to me, and I had this line in my head, And it was right on the tip of my tongue. And usually I exercise a little bit of judgment when I talked on on the air. This was one of my only times I ever had a fuck you, I'm saying it moment. Because I came up with this line. So they're talking about this affair. and, And then they look at me and it's my turn to go. And I go, do you think that when he climaxed, he yelled, Adam! And like I said, the doors were open, and everybody in our studio just, the wind was sucked out of them because the line I thought was that good, because they didn't know to laugh or not, until we heard the grunt from Clark's office. You hear this audible, and when we heard that, we all started laughing our asses off, and I closed the fucking door. Commercials we went to. Oh, 
So that was near the end of our Seattle run. And I remember we were we were going back to Sacramento. We did our our, our last show was on like a Thursday. No, our last show was actually on a Friday. We we had to this this was the the move. We had to leave we we got done doing our show Friday morning. Our houses were packed up the day before. And as soon as the show was over, we were on the road. It was about a 15-hour drive. Those impersonations, I had to check the radio to make sure my radio didn't switch to that shit show. <laughs> I was a tower guy for 22 years and I met a lot of DJs from New York and California. Howard is a talentless, spoiled sellout dickwad that doesn't even have the time to talk to little people. Arnie is the exact opposite, and most I've met were the same. Disclaimer, 60 were AM guys, so, so I appreciate that. That means a lot to me, Rhino. So um, as we're driving, and, and Bo was riding with me, and like I said, it's like a 15-hour drive. We left about noon, and it's about midnight now, Saturday. And by the way, we have to do a show on Monday. Unpack our houses, <laughs> fucking do a show on Monday. And I'll never forget, it was about midnight. We were still about three hours from town. I think we're in Reading. And Bo goes, oh, my God, because he could check his emails on his phone then. We could get emails on phone or text. Somebody had texted him something they saw on the AP wire. The radio station that we worked for in Seattle, KISW, the shit stain station that it was. Now, there were good people that worked there. A gal by the name of Kathy Faulkner, salt of the earth human being. God loved that woman. She loved working in radio. She was fantastic. The afternoon guy, whose name I don't remember, he literally, and this is, I'm not kidding about this, he had his check garnished by six different women. <laughs> he used to brag about that on the air. What a fucking loser. So we're headed back, and, and Bo's like, oh, my God. There was a press release, KISW at midnight Pacific Coast time, sent out a press release saying that they are replacing our show with Howard fucking Stern. Now, the way radio works is we didn't get ratings until about two months later. And wouldn't you know, wouldn't you know, damnedest thing. <laughs> damnedest thing happened. We, 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 we got the... the uh, the numbers and our first ratings book there, we were ranked number two. Well, we were behind this guy, this show called the T-Man Show. The T-Man Show was like an urban, urban St Howard Stern. He'd steal a lot of shit from Stern's day before show and then regurgitate it that next day. So back to Sacramento we went. Howard. So a few months go by, a few months go by, a few months go by. We happen to see Seattle's ratings. It's a hand-to-God moment. Um, remember how I said we were number two? Yeah. KISW in the mornings were number 11 with Howard Stern. And he was getting paid a whole lot more than we were. So let's fast-track into... Howard becoming the king of all media. 
when Howard released his book, when he released his movie, everything, he was on top of the world, making just boatloads of money. There was a little problem, though, because he didn't really seem to include little people, but we'll get to that in the mirroring here in just a little bit. The one thing that they lie about in that movie, Private Parts, there was another reason why people listen to Howard Stern. Howard Stern got to say everything every person wanted to say but knew better. Now, I had that same role on my show. But the part that made Howard so compelling is that he was a family man. He had his wife that they met in college, and they had their children, and he was this amazing man off the air. Scott, that's such a great memory. I'll get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> and everybody said, oh, Howard's so cool that you have these porn stars on there. And you get to talk to them. They rub up on you. But you go home to your wife, man. We respect that. Well, the, the talk around the campfire was is that he didn't necessarily, and I don't know if any of this is true. This is just the talk around the campfire which that campfire got spread all over New York, and people turned on Howard when they found out that that was all a farce. That he was maybe stepping out. Maybe mirroring a little bit? Anybody got that mirroring yet? Back to the Seattle thing. We'll get back to the mirroring in the Howard Stern Treaty. Um, Scott says, I remember uh, a year after you left Seattle, the Mariners got knocked off the playoffs. You called someone at the station to rub his nose in we had this shitty promotions guy. I fucking hated this guy. This guy wouldn't do shit. And he was the biggest fucking tool for the Mariners. And that was the year the Mariners won like 122 games, most games ever, right? Blah, blah, blah. And I was a Ranger fan. And we were in last place, so I didn't give a shit. The Mariners, that year they set the record for most wins in the season, got eliminated in the first round. Of the playoffs. And I remember I called him, and I was giving him shit. I called him on an office phone at, like, at like 11 o'clock. And I'm like, hey, man, uh, sorry to hear about the Mariners. Uh, I thought they were the greatest team in the world. And he goes, you don't have my consent to use my voice on the air. And I said, we ain't even on the damn air right now. And by the way, way to kill a bit if we were, you fucking loser. And I just hung up on him. Porn stars are sticky. Stinkfist says, last place, I know that feeling. Hey, hey, Stinkfist, World Series, I don't know that feeling. How's that? There you go. So, Howard saw a big drop-off in his numbers. And it wasn't because these two idiots who were Howard Stern clones, Opie and Anthony, they tried to come after him. And then Man Cow tried to go after him, and it was this three-way fight, and then the three of them decided to, to lock horns and battle the U.S. government over the First Amendment. And I am so tired of morons regurgitating the words the First Amendment out of their fucking mouth when they know nothing about it. 
The First Amendment means I can go out and say the government fucking sucks. Government's not going to show up to my house and behead me. They might now with the current government we got. By the way, Joe Biden yesterday said tough stuff again for Hawaii. That's really tough stuff. I'm not kidding. Where was I there? Let's see. Uh, tough stuff. The First Amendment. By the way, I've had an extra dose of coconut oil this morning if I seem a little loopy. <laughs> and no sleep. Not a good combination. But it's going to keep me talking and talking and talking, so it's only going to benefit you. First Amendment means you can say stuff, but see, there's, there's consequences for your actions. Now, when it comes to radio, you absolutely, positively do not have freedom of speech. You never have, and until something is done, you never will. Would you like to know why? I can answer this question. Radio waves and signals are owned by the United States government. This is why I tell you people, and yes, I know you people, I say don't ever get government internet. The government already owns the radio waves. They determine who can and cannot have a license to broadcast, meaning a station license. So, when they give that license away because it's their property to give, they can mandate what can and cannot be said on public airwaves. Now, do I like that? No. That's not freedom of speech. And before anybody gets all riled up like Howard used to and Mancow used to, Mancow's like, oh, I got it scribed on my arm. I love free speech. Man, Cal, you're a fucking idiot. I met him one time in Vegas, and you know how I knew he was an idiot? Because I got into a cab with him, and he said, do you know who I am? And I was like, yeah, I know who you are. He actually said that to me. And, like, he had this guy who was one of his cronies. They called him the Jew with the tattoo. He's like, this is Man Cal, bro. And I was like, well, yeah, I, I know. I read the traits. And he goes, oh, you're in radio? I was like, yeah. Oh, you're going to have to send me your stuff. And he gave me a card. I'm like, yeah. The F- Look, I agree the FCC are assholes. I don't disagree with that at all, but they own until we can fucking buy the airwaves back from the government. There ain't nothing we can do except adhere to their rules. This is why, this is why podcasting is the only true form of free speech left. So Howard and these guys are fighting it. Oh, they're... they're, they're. You can't say that shit because they've come out... And and look here. Here's the most frustrating part about the FCC. The FCC, for the longest time, you could use the word shit and fuck on the air if you wanted to. Stations didn't want to be known as the shit and fuck station, though. As long, and this is, a, this is real, you can look this up. You could use the word shit and fuck 
as long as it wasn't in verb context. I could call somebody a fuckhead on the air if I wanted to, but I couldn't talk about fucking a cow. I mean, we'd sing about it, but we'd have to bleep out the fucking part. That's why you can't say booger on the air in WKRP. Yeah, damn right. It's up to their discretion. And they never give you a list. These are the outlined words. They've gone after double entendre. They've gone after jokes. I, look, I hate it, but but real quick, real quick, before everybody gets everybody, everybody's panties in a bunch, you really don't have that much free speech. You cannot threaten any sort of violence to the highest-ranking officer in America or the highest-ranking civilian in America. I have to be careful how I say that because I don't, want the, I don't want the Secret Service to all of a sudden figure out it was my cocaine at the White House. Okay? You can't make that threat. Cocaine them. No, no, no. You're a little late. You're a little late, pal. By the way, you cannot yell fire in a crowded movie theater. And you sure as fuck can't yell movie theater in a crowded fire. You can't go on the air. And this is the big one. This is the one that always makes me laugh the most. Let's say that you go on a wild political rant on the air. And and you tell people to go to the streets and march. And those marches turn violent. You can be you can be hit with inciting a of a, a, a riot, which that's a big no no. But you're just giving a political call to action to people. You're not calling for violence. You're telling them to go out there and march in the streets. You gave that right away. So don't tell me about free speech. So Howard fought and fought, and and that's where his show lost a lot of luster. That and the whole, did he cheat on his wife? Didn't he cheat on his wife? And then there was those two fucking schmucks, Opie and Anthony. And they spent some time on them last night as well. Opie and Anthony came to Sacramento. They were in the afternoons, and they tried to come after us. And once again, we swatted them away like the fucking shit flies they were. And still are talentless fucking hacks that all they did was steal from Howard Stern. Now let's talk about Howard, shall we? And this is where the mirroring really comes in. Howard had to shift things over. So... Howard, who used to lampoon celebrities like there's no tomorrow, hated on them for years, made fun of them for years, is now only seeing A and B list celebrities on his show. That's all his show consists of. No more lesbians, no more Sibian riding, no more retards versus midgets on his show. No, no, because because he had this big catharsic, cathartic moment where he's been going undergoing this psychological evaluations and talking to a psychologist, and it changed him. 
He's still the same fucking jerk off as he was. And here's how I know it. Didn't change him that much. I did not know this until last night, but it proved to me the mirroring was there. I worked with someone who said they could not stand Howard Stern, but they ended up being one of the biggest Stern clonies I've ever seen. To go from brash and asshole-ish to this warm and cuddly guy who's accepting of all now. Oh, there, there. Take your vaccine. Sound familiar? The way I know, and here's the real irony. They had a guy on the show named Stuttering John. Stuttering John is a guy I actually felt bad for. And now I feel even worse for him. Stuttering John used to go to all the big events. Press conferences. The Oscars. He was there when Jennifer Flowers was interviewed talking about having sex with Bill Clinton. And he would ask the most inappropriate questions. He would get into fights with celebrities. He fucking pissed Billy Crystal off. Working in the largest media market in the country, New York City. Damn it, man. New York City! Not appropriate. After 15 years on his show, Stuttering John was making $75,000 a year. Baba Booey was making about maybe $90,000 a year. This is a show that, as we call it in the industry, build through advertisement, build probably close to $100 million a year. And then when they went to Sirius, and this is my favorite part of the entire story, when they went to Sirius, Howard didn't look out for those guys. Didn't get them raises. That's why they're not there now. They all got screwed over so Howard could get the 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 majority of the money. Howard and Robin. My favorite part of when he went to Sirius, though, is this. And he's a very shrewd business guy. I can't give him, you know, I can't give him shit on that. When he went there, the stock went through the roof. He made a shit ton of money, made close to $500 million before he cashed his stock out, which was a smart move on his part, because a report was released that said Sirius and XM really don't have that many subscribers. Two-thirds, if not more, of all Sirius XM radios in cars were still on parking lots. And, and by parking lots, I mean dealerships. Man, sound effects are not working good this morning. The stock tanked. And Howard's still there. He's made a shit ton of money. He didn't pay the people underneath him. And he didn't pay them. And it, this made me realize something last night. Howard didn't pay those people because... How dare they think that they should earn as much as him? 
Sound familiar? Sure as fuck does to me. Mage, good morning, my friend. Hey, konnichiwa, bud. What's up? How's it going? Domo arigato. Round here, we speak American. Okay, bud? More, uh, Mage says, good morning, Arnie, AIG. Because of all this talk about things you can't say, please read the list from George Carlin. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. I used to watch the Stern show as a teen and liked it. As an adult, I think Stern is an actual piece of shit. Because he is. He is. He didn't look out for his guys. You don't do that. You don't do that at all. So the show's wrapping up last night, and I'm thinking about all this stuff that I want to talk to you about. Um, I still have Sirius because I only pay like $4 a month. I don't listen to Howard, though, because I'd have to pay $30, and he's not worth it. See, and that's the thing, and Howard knew that, and that's why he dumped his stop, because he's a radio guy. Sirius XM guys were radio guys, but they forgot one thing. You don't buy the cow when you get the milk for free. Terrestrial radio, okay, maybe they can't say fuck or shit, but I don't want to pay $30 for something that's free, right, the push of a button. Makes sense that XM doesn't have many subscriptions because it's expensive. If you don't have a promo and with emails, they send flyers so often you get sign up and pay like two bucks a month for a six-month trial versus the 20 it normally costs. Hey, if you want to get it, I, I don't care. But they're not doing well. And this whole thing was put together, at, at especially the Opie and Anthony part, by this little cocksucker who does a podcast about shock jocks. That's right. He does a podcast about people that actually broadcast. Now, I don't know why he's doing a podcast about people who broadcast because he never had the nutsack to fucking ante up and go on the air. Now he is because he's safely in his mama's kitchen talking about shock jocks. And by the way, there were shock jocks on the east, on the west coast. The guy we replaced in Seattle was, uh, uh, oh, they, uh, is it Dave Rivers? I forget his name. He's the guy who did I Am Iron Man. Bob Rivers. Cokehead. Um, I'm a dumbass for subscribing, but we do listen to it all day at the office. Podcaster about other podcasters, so he's a mosquito, like people on YouTube who do nothing but reaction videos. Exactly. He's a TikToker that just lip syncs shit. You don't know, and first of all, kid, you don't know what it was, and he's a kid, he's like in his 20s or whatever. You don't know what it was like back then. Stop trying to fucking crucify us for in today's world for things we said back then. Because back then it was funny. And by the way, nine times out of ten today, it's still fucking funny. And that's why we did it. But the, the Heather said, asked me, you know, Compared to now, oh, fuck, today's radio is just dog shit. It's just terrible. It's the worst thing that's out there. I would almost, I mean, to work in radio or to maybe get AIDS from a a monkey, like getting bit by a monkey. I don't know. That's a toss-up. It's a big toss-up there. Got to tell you. So there you go. There's my first rant of the day. Oh, I've got more rants coming, but we're going to get back to mail now.
Because like I said, we got a shit ton of mail. All right, scumbag, pay attention. It's time for mail call. Get that sandwich out of your pie hole and listen up, maggot. It's time for mail call. What the fuck do you want? Ah, uh, this is from Ralphie. It says, Arnie, you have no idea how much I appreciate the intro like a pink nightmare. You're welcome. Uh, I know I'm still in the honeymoon phase of listening, but damn, all caps. Your show leaves me feeling happy and light, so much different than when I was listening to Scab and the Lemmings. I like that. Scab and the Lemmings. Um, The sad part is I did not realize how it was affecting me until I found your show. Good Lord, I am in a better mood. The entertaining, hysterical show that you bring and the comments, interactions of the Ass Family have created a wonderful start to the day for me. I'm on day one of your uh, past broadcast of Ass, and I'm dancing to the music and laughing at the stories and jokes, just like today's live show. Thank you for making the world a better place. P.S. If you ever do another show in Sacramento, Reno area, my husband and I will be there. I'm working on it. P.S.S. Now, I know this because I worked with a dickhead. It's actually P.P.S. Kind of bitter about the bearded woman who took the bench press record away from a woman. This war on women's accomplishment has to stop. I feel more violated than I did in the 80s when my boss said, you don't fuck, you don't work. Wow. I was 15 years old, fucking creep. I walked out. Good Lord, I don't blame you. Holy shit. See, and, 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 and Ralphie, thank you so much. I'm glad that you are a part of the ass family. I think back on radio and back, remember, when it was fun and it was... It was on the edge, and you could do pretty much anything that you wanted. And it was just, it was awesome. Oh, hold on a second. We got a phone call here. Hold on. Yeah, I'll pick it up. Yeah, hey, uh, you're on the air. Who's this? Oh, uh, yes. Hello. Is this the Arnie Show? Yeah. Uh, yes, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. No you, shit. You, I remember you on the other show with the peanut head and the yeah, girl who yeah. got really, really fat. And sloppy. Wow. I remember you're the one who, who said your name was mine, too. Yeah. I, 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 I like yeah. you. You're, you're good. Good. Thank you. Yeah, I, I did say that when I met you, I, I, my name is Arnie, too. Uh, just wondering, uh, like, like what, what can we do for you today, Mr. Schwarzenegger? Why are you calling? Well, I'm calling to say today that I want to say hello and that my son, Christopher, is going to be in the news for losing weight. Really? He, he lost weight. Is that a big deal? Is that is that good that, that he lost weight? Was he hurting or something? It's fantastic. He used to be a blob, like Whoa. that girl on the other show. Yeah. I used to call him Mommy's Little Schmoozle Muzzle, uh-huh. which in German means Mommy's Little Fat Pussy Lips. Jesus Christ, that's terrible. I know. I couldn't believe that slop came from my loins. Good Lord. It... Mr. Schwarzenegger, is there anything else you want? Hit my music. Screw your freedom. Wow. That's what we used to do. That right there. I did that bit this morning because there's a story that the, the Christopher has lost weight and his father's so proud of him. Can you imagine what that'd be like? Arnold Schwarzenegger's your dad and you're fat? That would be the worst. Come on, Christopher. Do more. You will die if you don't get to the chopper. You fat fuck. 
Mommy's little strudel noozle. Dear God. I did that this morning. I was just la- I was laughing the entire time. So I, I, I hope you like that. But that right there is an example of how radio used to be done. I don't do that shit anymore. Never, never, never again. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, next one. Let's see. We'll get out of here. Uh, get that sandwich out of your pie hole and listen up, maggot. It's time for mail call. It's here. Listen up, it's time for mail call. What now this, the fuck do you want? This is from Adam J. Uh, I haven't seen on here yet today. If he's here, Adam J. got this. Starting on Monday. You know what? We, we, we need some theme music for this. Um, let's see. Oh, I know. I, I know the right theme music to use for this. This one right here. Right here. On Monday, Chick-fil-A. Woo! We'll be introducing the brand new honey pepper pimento chicken sandwich. Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit! I am harder than Chinese arithmetic right now, people. It's a chicken sandwich that's got pimento cheese on it, some drizzled jalapeno, honey. Oh, honey, hush. I am all over this on Monday. Good God. Keep them. Oh, I'll keep the jalapenos off. I don't even have to get jalapenos on the bottom. That's fantastico. Woo. Yep, we're going to be going there on Monday. Christopher's mind is blown. Eggplant emojis. Ogre says, time to starve myself for a few days. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's going to be heaven. I, I'm just, I don't like, I don't need the heat. I, I am a pussy. You can call me a pussy all you want. I just, ah, I like jalapeno juice. Like, if I get nachos and it's got good nacho cheese and I can, I can spray some jalapeno juice on there, ain't got no seeds. The taste of jalapenos ain't bad. It's the heat that I just don't like. I'm not that guy. On the West Coast, because it, it said it's going to be released nationally. That's what it said in my in my press briefings. It said released nationally. So I, I hope it's on the West Coast. If you like pimento cheese as much as I. Nobody likes pimento cheese as much as I like pimento cheese. Come on now. Thank you, Adam J., by the way. Listen up, it's time for mail call. Get that sandwich out of your pie hole and listen up, maggot. It's time for mail call. Okay, now what the fuck do you want? Uh, Did I put this in here? Come on, I had to have put this in here now. Didn't I? I I thought I put the goddamn masters. Oh, there it is. Um, When you eat that sandwich, you have to play the theme for. Hello, friends. Oh, we are not at Augusta, but we are eating a pimento cheese and chicken sandwich. Good God. Maybe because by law here in New Mexico, everything has to have chilies and peppers. Yeah, maybe. It could be that. Uh, Next letter is from our good friend Bradley. Big Hokies fan, big Virginia Tech fan. College football right around the corner, my friend. He says, hey, Arnie, 
I just wanted to say uh, that the five-minute butthole-licking poem reading was freaking hilarious. I looked like an idiot laughing out loud at work last night, but it was gold. That five minutes alone should get you a $100 million Spotify contract. They truly don't know what they are missing. I hate that I missed the show live, but I still wanted to chime in with my own poem reading. So here it goes. Oh, we have another poem. By the way, Christopher complimented me on Sensei Lawyer. You get an accident? Hi-ya! That insurance company. I can toss the best salad you've ever seen. All I ask is for dinner, you skip the beans. Oh, I like that. That is good stuff. Bradley, congratulations. That's good stuff. I even wrote a haiku yesterday. Do I still have it? Do I still have the haiku? Hold on a second here. We got the haiku somewhere? Haiku? 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 Haiku, haiku. Oh, there it is. You lick my butt, yeah, because you can't get to yours. Tastes good, doesn't it? Bam. Haiku of the year. That is, that, that is like a haiku, high colonic right there. We have an Ortega burger at the restaurant I work. There is pimento cheese on it. It is the best cheese. You're goddamn right, pimento cheese is the best cheese. I want to buy a food truck and only do chicken sandwiches and nuggets and set it up in a Chick-fil-A parking lot and only work on Sundays. I will call it Side Chick. That is a great idea. That is fan-fucking-tastic. Cowboys Girl says, I'm snapping. Yes, yes, we are at a jazz club. Woo! Now, we finally get to the listener mail that has a question for me. I've already done the song. I did the song. I ain't doing the song again. This is from Barry. This is Dear Arnt. I have a pretty serious question for you today. My wife and I have really started to talk about possibly leaving the United States if things keep going the way they're going. And I hate to say, especially if Joe Biden is reelected. Any thoughts on where might be a good landing spot? Barry, do you want this fire? Hmm? Barry, do you want this smoke? I'm asking you because you asked me a question that I think is possibly one of the stupidest things I've ever been asked. But I will answer your question. Your out says Whore Island. When Whore Island opens, then yes, Whore Island will be the place to go. Unless you're going to pull the trigger on the deal, you sound just as stupid as Alec Baldwin, who, by the way, is in the news. You sound stupid like fucking Rosie O'Donnell. You sound like all these stupid liberals that go, oh, George Bush is reelected. We're moving out of America. Wuhan isn't a great place. In all honesty, Costa Rica and Belize are cheap and caters to Americans, but you might have to access issue familiar comforts. Big-ass fans says go to Mexico, Costa Rica, Australia is becoming a fascist paradise, same as Canada and New Zealand. If you're running away from America because you're afraid you're going to lose freedoms, you're running to countries where you don't have freedoms. Go 
Go to the Sudan. I imagine the dollar goes very, very far in the Sudan. But guess what? They don't have ranch at a grocery store because they don't have any fucking grocery stores. Guam, Puerto Rico, they have the same freedoms or, well, aren't, aren't, aren't those territories of the U.S., so it's still under U.S. rule, especially, I know Puerto Rico is. Anywhere in Europe is a bad idea. Their immigrant problems are fucking uprisings and violence now, and Europe is going shit. What happened? College Jason says, never give up your Second Amendment right. With Belize, it's not as easy as one would think. Trust me, lots of red tape and laws. Yes. So, Barry, here, this is my idea. How about you sack it up and be a fucking American? Christopher says, ding, 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 Arnie. Maybe the listener should try Montana. I don't know where you live, Barry. If you live in California, then that's a great idea. Montana. Texas is closed, unless you know me. It's the only way you're getting in. And I ain't letting everybody in. I just got to tell you, the idea that you're thinking about leaving America, the government can come after you in Canada if you question the government on social media. Doesn't sound like freedom to me. But, hey, if, that, if that's going to make you feel better, you go right ahead. But the first time you say, what? And this goes for anybody who wants to move out of the country. When they go, wait, 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 what? what? When, you're, when you hear something that doesn't make sense because it's always been okay to do here, when they go, no, sorry, you can't do that, you're like, huh? That's that part of the world that hates all of us Americans. Because we're so entitled. And we should be, because we have the rights to all kinds of shit that people don't. Uh, I had a friend move there, complete pain in the ass, very weird about cars, citizenship, having things imported. Um, If something happened to my wife, I'd move to Texas in a heartbeat, closed or not. Well, you know me. I I would allow that. Little town in hill country with green uh, grass and cricks. And driving distance to Dallas or Austin, I'm good. Found a place. Leona, Texas. All you got to do is look up the Leona General Store Steaks. Holy mother of God, they cook them over charcoal. We're going. You pick your own fucking piece. You start with 10 ounces and you go up from there. And they got chicken breast. Thursday night is catfish Friday night, so we don't go on Thursday night, but we're going to go on a Friday or Saturday night. I'm going to get me one of them goddamn steaks. Leona, Texas, two hours outside of Dallas, my friend. Move to the Church of AIG, Jalapena. Canada has jailed stand-up comedians for making fun of the government. doesn't surprise me. If it wasn't so goddamn hot, I'd move south. The Dakotas are great. I mean, that's too cold. I mean, it, that, that's the part about freedom. Freedom, it comes with some fucking terrible weather. Montana, Idaho, all them places, cold as fuck. Texas, hot and motherfucker. The important part with Texas is if you have to be close to Bucky's. Yes. Oh, and you will be two hours south on 45, you'll be close to a Bucky's.
You'll be fine. It's the only thing that matters. If you're close to Bucky's and you'll have a water burger and at least four Sonics in your town. Barry, thank you for the question. I, I I didn't care for it, but hey, it's not for me to care for or not. Listen up, it's time for mail call. Don't move. Stay where you are. It's time for mail call. Okay, now what the fuck do you want? Let's see, uh, see, I'd move to northern states, but I need amenities like big music stores and conveniences. Yeah. Uh, everyone's moving to South Carolina. We hit minus 48 last winter in Montana. Nope. Montana's a place where you will see Fahrenheit and Celsius meet in the winter. <laughs> no shit. Uh, this is from Nancy. It says, Arnie. I've always wondered this about you. I'm not sure that there are many people on this earth as well-versed in current events like yourself. Thank you. That's a compliment. But I always wondered if you're a reader, fiction, nonfiction, what was the last book you read? That's a, I, I don't ever get that asked that question because the truth of the matter is I'm not a reader. I know that's going to shock everybody. I, 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 I'm sorry, but... I look at reading like I look at cursing. For 24 years, I couldn't curse on the radio. Now I curse all the time because my mouth is horrible. And by the way, my mouth was even worse back then, off the air. I only got delayed once, and I said, fuck. I only got delayed one time. But I love this. And, and this is the way I, I look at it like this. Um, I read a lot in high school and a lot in college. I don't like reading. Now, there was a time when I would read. If you, you asked me what I like to read, fiction, nonfiction, it would be nonfiction. But I like to read biographies. I like to read about people. I read Stone Cold's book. I read Mankind's book. I read The Rock's book. Okay, I've read a lot of the wrestling books. The last book I read was Motley Crue's The Dirt. 2008, 2009. I just don't like reading. If you like reading, great. I, I just, ah. Oh, the book is so much better. Okay, well, I can't sit down and watch the book. Sonic and their milkshake blowjobs. Oh, bullshit, you do read. When I co-hosted, you had a copy of Prince of Tide sitting on the couch. <laughs> uh, is there a good story about your delay? No. No, I, I just got talking too fast, and I said, oh, what a fucking idiot. And I was like, oh, Jesus. And they delayed it. Uh it is hot in Texas, but at least they got Bucky's. That's the thing I keep me uh, away from the unholy breakfast tacos. What the fuck, Texas? Oh, it's cold this morning. It's old, bitter, old 65. How, how's my GoFundMe for a jacket coming? As a youngster, Arnie read Playboy magazines. Well, I didn't do a lot of reading. Uh, I love reading John Muir books. I've read a lot of self-help books, too. Yeah, I don't read any. I, I, I just don't read. Just, I, I just... I know there are a lot of people that enjoy it. I enjoy fried bologna sandwiches, but there are a lot of people that don't like fried bologna sandwiches, so there you go. But that's a great question, Nancy. I appreciate that question. I've never been. That's one I don't, I don't get very often. Yeah, that happened. 
let's see. Uh, all right. Let's see. Next mail here. <coughs> By the way, Lake Tahoe Joe Murphy's going to be on tomorrow. Fantastic. Can't wait. And here, listen up. It's time for mail call. Suck in your gut. It's time for mail call. What the fuck do you want? Audible is amazing because I'm trapped in a truck. It's easy to listen to books and pick up cans all day. Now, see, I've never given books on tape much of a, a chance. Maybe I'd like that. I don't know. When are you going to read the expiration date? Uh, hey, hopefully soon. Boosies. It's Bucky's. It's Bucky's kale. Kale. Not Boosies. No. Come on, kale. I'm so, yeah, I, no, you can't call it that. It, it's not that. It's Bucky's. They're going to be in Ohio? Okay, cool. Good for them. Uh, this next letter is from Tony. It says, Arnie. Since you two are a heavy guy, I was wondering if you had a Mount Rushmore of snacks, like between chips, cookies, anything like that. All of your amazing poetry, I would have thought you read a lot of poetry. I just know how to rhyme. I can spit bars. Um, My Mount Rushmore of snacks. That's tough. Not really a chips guy, unless I really want chips. But I don't really want chips all the time. I mean, I like host. I, I, if I were my brothers, I'd have ding-dongs. Favorite snack is pie. Like, if anybody could make, like, a one-serving slice or, like, a bowl of, of pie that's, uh, like, one person... Like, because I feel bad sometimes eating a whole coconut cream pie. I mean, I get over it immediately, but I feel bad when I look down and go, well, I'm going to have to eat this whole fucking thing. Love pie. Get your mind out of the fucking gutters, people. A.K. what snacks would you buy for a fake kidnapping? Oh, I, I would definitely get the fucking pie for sure. Chips was a great show. I used to really love cookies, like Oreos. I, I like the, 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 the yellow Oreos, the Asian Oreos. Sorry, Mage. I should have called them the, the Asian Oreos. I like those a lot. Those were pretty good. I, I hated the Chips Ahoy chewy cookies. Those were disgusting. I like chewy cookies, but when they're warm. Like, if it's not warm, why is it chewy? That's weird. How about a Mount Rushmore just gas station food? Well, I'd only have two. I would have the fucking, the what, what, the flautas or the fucking Texas Tornadoes, whatever fucking 7-Eleven has. I'd have that on there, and I'd have the gas station tuna sandwich. Got to say, pa, like Cartman's voice. My pronouns are yum, eat, fuck off, it's mine. I mean, like I said, ding-dongs and ho-hos, I love those. Nutty bars are good. I like all that shit. I mean, I didn't get this weight. I didn't get this body by eating stupid. Taquitos, that's what they are. Oh, man, the taco and cheese taquitos. I'd kill for those. 
I'll tell you this right now. I don't give a fuck who you are. You can say I'm off. You can say I'm stupid. You can say I'm dumb. I don't care. You find me a better slice of pizza for $1.50 than 7-Eleven, and I will shake your hand. What do you expect? It's $1.50, and it's pizza. can't sniff too hard because I don't want to fucking break the, the nose thing here. But yeah, uh, Tony, I, I, man, every, to me, like, I have like one meal, big, big meal a day now, and I know that's bad for me, but I don't care. Um, and then I just snack throughout the day. I, I like, uh, i tell you what, one of my new favorite things, and, and I do this, I did this the other night, macaroni and cheese with tuna in it, and I just let it sit covered on the counter for a couple hours, let it get to room temperature, and then it's even better. <whistles> Shit, that was good. Jalapeno cream cheese taquito uh, with honey. Ooh, okay. Pie is the best unless it's pumpkin. That's just gross. Pumpkin cheesecake, not bad, right around the corner. Costco pizza's got too much cheese. Costco pizza has gone downhill. I got to say, way downhill. Christopher says, hell fucking yes, 7-Eleven pizza. Get me a buffalo chicken roller on the side. Oh, boy, you all, you ain't whistling Dixie there. Whoever came up with a buffalo chicken roller, that is, are you supposed to, hey, real quick, I've been wanting to ask this for a couple weeks. Christopher, thank you. That's all, That's a listener of the day move right there. Are you supposed to eat the chicken roller in a bun? I, I, like, I've always just ate it by itself, and it is delicious. Get the chicken roller in a hot dog bun with chili and cheese. Oh, my gosh. I might have to go 7-Eleven today. The 7-Eleven put, oh. When 7-Eleven had the old pizza sticks... I will say this right now, and I've given Stackar a hard time for this because Stackar used to own a 7-Eleven. I think his family still owns one in Bakersfield. The pizza sticks were the the great, and and I will I will say this right now, they are at the top of the Mount Rushmore of snacks. The old pizza sticks, the old doughy as shit pizza sticks, you would get it at. at when I first, not a fan of the buffalo chicken roller, too dry, okay? See, I got to I gotta start dipping that in blue cheese because that thing is just fucking, that thing is awesome. When I first moved to Sacramento, I lived off of Kirby in Roseville, way down off Kirby, like past sunrise. And right next to my apartments, there was a 7-Eleven, and then there was this Chinese place that there was no way I was ever eating in. No way. There were no stray cats in that neighborhood. Special K, I had come to my store. My food was never old. Yeah. Oh, Stackar, you had, man, I would would go out of my way. When I found out Stackar had that 7-Eleven, I would go to his store just to get the pizza rollers there because they were phenomenal. Or not the pizza rollers, the taquitos. 
I'd eat at 7-Eleven about three nights a week because it was right next to my house, and it was good. So good. Tony, to me, that is the greatest snack of all time is a 7-Eleven pizza roller. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 have, I have put it on the Mount Rushmore. There you go. You asked, so I'm going to tell you. Suck in your gut. It's time for mail call. Don't move. Stay where you are. It's time for mail call. Okay. What? Okay, now what the fuck do you want? Uh, Arnie, I really do enjoy how much you share with the ass family on the show. And I enjoy seeing all the things you get, like your new t-shirts. If you had to guess how many t-shirts do you have to date, and what is the most covered topic of t-shirts? That's from Sarah. Holy shit, Arnie, that's my route today. Yeah, yeah, I used to live. Oh, you know that Chinese, is that, is that Chinese restaurant still open there? The cream of some young guy? Who? uh-uh. I don't know what was next to it. It was either some, it was some kind of like, I don't know if it was a, a, a shoe store or a, a nail salon. But man, oh man, no. You couldn't pay me to eat that Chinese restaurant. Brady Kid says 700 shirts. The answer to my question, a lot of people ask me how many shirts I have. <clears throat> my answer will always stay the same. Not enough. Right now, I don't know, probably 200, 200 shirts. Uh, I love the breakfast pizza with sausage gravy. Oh, yeah. There's a pilot gas station that makes it in-house, and I have to stay away because I might get fatter. Um, and I've been getting a lot of shirts now from our, our, our T-shirt guy at 4T5 Printing, Rhino and Jesse. Love them. Got a hat coming. And they're super busy right now, so I got to say thanks to the ass family, hopefully, for that. Inner ass family get 20% off. Now, now, Rhino or Jesse, if you're listening, I got a few ideas. So I, I, I got a couple shirts I want to send you, but I, I know you're busy. And I don't want to take advantage of our, our friendship. But if, if you got time, I, I, I got some shirts. Yeah. You, 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 like, like the shirts they send, it's this like newer blend of cotton, and the arms are tighter, which makes me feel kind of yoked. I like them. Like him a lot. There isn't a nail salon next to a Chinese restaurant. You're in the Wong place. My most covered topic of T-shirt, I would have to say right now is wrestling. Uh, I have a lot of comedians, a lot of band shirts. Found a lot of places that were selling oversized, you know, fat guy sized um, concert T-shirts. From concerts that didn't have my size of shows that I went to. I would say it goes wrestling, music, and then comedians. And then just funny shirts. Like my shark shirt that I got from 4T5Printing.com. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, except sharks. Sharks will always kill you. If we drunk buy several shirts, how much do we get using the code WINERACK? That's funny. Oh, that's good shit right there. A uh, couple more to go here. Let's see. Um, Not Bucket. It's time for mail call. Get that sandwich out of your pie hole and listen up, maggot. It's time for mail call. What the fuck do you want? Uh, I was wondering if there's a poly cotton blend. They're my favorite. They're soft. They don't shrink in the dryer. Yeah, I, 
I don't know. They're soft. I, 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 haven't look, I don't look at the labels. I just know they fit really well and that the designs are amazing. This is from Pete. It says, hey, Arnie, whatever happened to the good game shows that we grew up on? Pressure Luck, The Feud, Tic-Tac-Doe. I mean, today we barely have any, and if they have a, quote, star, like Pictionary, they all suck. Well, I can attest to that, because Pictionary comes on after the early people's court. So much TV I watch, people. I know daytime TV. And hosted by Jerry o- o- O'Donnell, or O'Connell, Stand By Me, Fuck Nut. That show's terrible. Burt Conby, when he did Pictionary, it was badass. Um, as far as today's game, the game shows today, because they all, back in the 70s and 80s, game shows were great because the comedians and, and the stars that went on that show, they got paid, but they weren't making gobs and gobs of money. Like, we're going to talk about Hollywood here in a little bit. By the way, probably no top politics talk today. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, back then, it was they 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 loved uh, the whole Hollywood thing. Paul Lynn, Center Square of the Hollywood Squares, and they were so dirty with the double entendre. That's what made the game shows great. Today's game shows are safe. Got to make sure all the eyes are dotted and the T's are crossed. I'm also thinking of getting a custom A hat. My name starts with A2. They can do it. They can do it. So, Pete, I don't know what to tell you, except that today's game shows are worthless, and they're terrible, and they're shit. So there you go. Sorry about that. Welcome to Mail Call. All right, scumbag, pay attention. Last one here. It's time for Mail Call. Okay, now what the fuck do you want? Arnie. I was wondering, by the way, this is a wrestling question for all my wrestling fans out there. I was wondering what you thought about the news that Bray Wyatt is making his WWE return in like two weeks. What do you think they'll do with him now? I miss Charles Nelson Riley. He was another one. Great double entendre guy. Yes, I too have read that Bray Wyatt is coming back, and I'm not looking forward to it unless they do an angle I heard a guy talk about. I'm not taking credit for this. This is some wrestling insider. But the story is, is that Bray comes back and he challenges Cody Rhodes. And the storyline is this. Bray Wyatt had to struggle and, and work his ass off to get to where he is today. Cody Rhodes was handed everything thanks to his daddy, the Bull of the Woods, if you will. The same guy who took all the credit when Bray Wyatt's namesake, Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda, Mike Rotunda, IRS, is Bray Wyatt's daddy. And Bray Wyatt's name is Windham Rotunda, named after Barry Windham. And those guys were a great tag team, and they did a lot for the territories, and they were underappreciated in the eyes of the world compared to Dusty. And the feud will be Bray's story versus Cody's story. I heard that, and I got excited. WWE won't do that, though, mainly because, well, they hate me. They're a third royal family. Oh, there's so many royal families of wrestling, it's unbelievable. But I think that would be a great storyline. 
As far and, and I saw finally somebody say it, and and I think this is very very at, accurate. And wrestling fans like me, they're gonna have to realize that Tony Khan, the guy who runs AEW, is a moron. Can't talk on camera, and he's not a booker. He's a matchmaker. He makes these dream matches that we all want to see. There's no story behind it. They don't know how to do stories, and we've all grown accustomed to stories. If you grew up a wrestling fan, you grew up with the feuds and the stories and the things like that. He's just putting on his favorite video games. So there you go. That's what I think. Now, I've got to go to the bathroom really bad, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk really, really fast here and say 775-357-FANS, ArnieRadio1 at gmail.com. It is Elvis Day. Here you go. There must be lights burning brighter somewhere Got to be birds flying higher in a sky more blue If I can dream of a better land Where all my brothers walk hand in hand Tell me why, oh why, oh why can't my dream Understanding sometime Strong winds of promise That will blow away the doubt and fear If I can dream of a warmer sun Where hope keeps shining on everyone Tell me why, oh why, oh why Won't that sun
can shake an apple off an apple tree Shake a shake a sugar but you'll never shake me No serio I'm gonna stick like glue Stick because I'm stuck on you I'm gonna run my fingers through your long black hair I squeeze you tighter than a grizzly bear uh -huh. Yes sir, I'm gonna stick like glue Stick because I'm stuck on you Hide in the kitchen, hide in the hall Daddy's side That's how love is gonna Keep us tight uh -huh. Uh -huh. Oh yeah uh -huh. I'm gonna stick like glue Stick because I'm Stuck on you I am the kitchen That's how our love is gonna keep us tied uh -huh. Yes, sir, I'm gonna stick like glue Yeah, yeah, because I'm stuck on you I'm gonna stick like glue Yeah, yeah, because I'm stuck on you I'm gonna stick like glue Yeah, yeah Because I'm stuck on
time that Elvis ever performed. I've seen the video. It's it's hard to watch the king be all fat and bloated, all barbituated up, but the man could still sing. He could still put on a show. In my opinion, in my humble opinion, you know, I, I like to say that you know, Leonard Skinner's the greatest American rock and roll band. There's no questioning that. That's just honest to God truth. When it comes to showmen, and and and, and you can talk about your P.T. Barnums, and you can talk about you had, there will be no one that is ever a greater showman. And And look, I'm including Freddie Mercury in there, too, who was amazing. There's nobody better than Elvis. Nobody. Nobody even comes close. I love Prince, not even in the same atmosphere. Michael Jackson, maybe you could have talked about that, but nobody had the cultural effect on America, and no one's ever had it since. Elvis, the king. He changed it all. And because of him, other musicians became icons. People like Johnny Cash. People like Jerry Lee Lewis. Even though Jerry Lee Lewis was a lot fucked up, but I love Jerry Lee Lewis. Carl Perkins. All these people grew up and they were around Elvis, and Elvis made them and helped make them who they are. B. Coop says, we all know Elvis had nothing on ICP. Well, that's just the truth. I mean, it's it, the it, insane clown posse. That's just flat out. That That's just truth right there. Them and their juggalos. Ah, oh, thank you for getting me back on track, B. Coop. All right, we got to talk about something that is absolutely, positively the stupidest thing. Oh, for fuck's sake. 
I can't handle the amount of stupidity that's presenting itself to I know, me today. I, I know. I say it all the time. Oh, this is stupid. No, we've done it. We have done it. We have jumped the proverbial stupid shark. We did a story yesterday with special uh, roving reporter, Lake Tahoe Joe Murphy, who will be joining us tomorrow. And we, have, we may have, if you're out, listen up. We may have a brand new feature tomorrow. You're out, Kate, you're out sent me a text this morning about something she'd love to hear Joe do. I laughed so hard, I immediately texted him. And we're going to talk today. And um, by the way, uh, you're out. Oh, he's up to date. That's all I'm going to say. He is up to date. So when you hear it tomorrow, you just brace yourselves. Joe Murphy is going to be home run city tomorrow. Um, anywho. So we talked about this Michael Orr story and how he's suing now the, the Tui family. If you don't know who Michael Orr is, the blind side guy. The black guy from the blind side, not really him. He was an actor in the movie. And uh, Michael Orr is suing the two. He's saying that they never adopted him, and they never did this, and they never did that. And something wasn't right. And, and, and once again, I, I got to tell you, I've met a lot of people, and a lot of people have good fucking bullshit meters. Braddy Kid. Braddy Kid might be a savant when it comes to being a bullshit reader. Remember, she is the one who called out the Alabama girl. And Braddy Kid, when she heard this, she said, Hold up, wait a minute. Hold up, wait a minute. Hold up, wait a minute. Something ain't right. Big Coop says, did the lawsuit blindside them? I see what you did there. I like that. She said, something doesn't seem right. Because every couple years, this guy comes out and has to say something. And I said, well, maybe he spent through all his money already. Turns out there's another side story to this story. Michael Orr has written a second book. I don't think he actually wrote the first blind side, and I don't think he's actually writing this, but he'll get credited about the second part of his life. I don't know if they're going to call it the Blind Side 2 Electric Boogaloo. I'm not sure. But he's written a second book, and a lot of people are saying he's using this lawsuit to uh, further reach out to the world and say, hey, everybody, uh, I got a new book out. And he's hoping that if this book starts to sell, maybe a Hollywood producer will make a part two to the Blind Side. Blind Side 2, give me that goo. So something's not right about it. But that's not the stupidity I want to talk about. I want to talk about Twitter yesterday and what was said. This is from VJ Vernon Husky Entertainment. So Sandra Bullock should have to give back her Oscar. And, man, do we need to start checking these good-feeling stories. The parents blocked $300 in earnings in the movie from him getting any of it would gave the money to their children. Wow. 
Some moron named Patrick Burns says they need to take Sandra Bullock's Oscar like they took Reggie Bush's Heisman. Hey, dummy. Uh, real, real, real fast, dummy. Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Reggie Bush shouldn't have won that Heisman. That was V.Y.'s Heisman, and we'll just take the national title over that bullshit any day anyway. And then some guy named Josh, that's his Twitter handle, I demand we revoke Sandra Bullock's Oscar and give money to Meryl Streep. Why are you taking Sandra Bullock's Oscar away from her? Why, why would anybody call for Sandra Bullock not to get an Oscar for the movie? She did her job. She portrayed Luann or Leanne fucking Tui. She was a lot hotter than Leanne Tui, I'll tell you that much. Because Sandy Bullock looked good in that movie. Sandra Bullock can do penance on my lap. If you want Sandra's Oscar back, go to BLM and take it back yourself. I went to school with a Patrick Burns. Well, maybe it's this idiot. What good is that going to do? What does that do for Michael Orr? If you're on Mike, if you're on Team Orr, what does that do? Having Sandra Bullock relinquish her Oscar. By the way, I barely made it to the bathroom. Literally, barely. And let me just tell you, my bathroom right now. Smells like a truck stop in Hattiesburg, Mississippi after a chili cook-off slash fish fry. I had to break out the, 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 the Chanel spray in there. I had to spray that damn bathroom down. Wow. Dear Lord. <whistles> Feeling much better now. I feel about 20 pounds lighter. Reparations. Spready kid cleanup aisle too. People are so dumb they think Sandra Bullock did Michael Orr wrong. I don't know what they think. I don't understand what Leave said look, look, Sandra Bullock just buried her husband. Leave her alone. This is the last thing Sandy Bullock needs. This or to be reminded of the terrible movie Hope Floats with Harry Connick Jr. A movie we'd all like to forget. Michael Orr played for the Ravens when they cheated their way to the Super Bowl, win over the Niners. Fuck him and his whole fucking family, and I hope he dies in poverty. Man, that's what it's like to be a Raiders fan, I guess. Uh, Arnie, me too today. I don't know what the fuck that shot my dinner <laughs> and my dinner did to me. Oh, man, my mother-in-law lives in Hattiesburg. I know what you mean. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, it was bad. That was literally my, my bathroom. If if it would have been a lot hotter and a lot more humid, it would have been like a porta potty. We need to leave Britney Spears alone to see to say leave Sandy alone. Taking her Oscar away for her performance is the same thing as taking Reggie Bush's Heisman Trophy away. Well, except for the fact that Reggie Bush should have been named ineligible for all those games because he accepted money. And, by the way, he didn't win it. Vince Young had a better year. The end. No more discussion. That's V.Y.'s trophy. Yes, I will gladly look at my picture of the 2005 National Championship and remember being there and remember it being one of the greatest moments of my life. 
<laughs> Roscoe crawls by the bathroom, looks at you and says, Mr. Arnie, hold my diaper. Oh, I think I outdid him today. I, I, I gave him something to shoot for. <laughs> I should have taken him in there. This is what a man smells like. As a USC fan, that game hurts so bad. Mr. J, uh, let, let me just tell you, I lived off that vi- I still to this day live off that victory. My favorite moment of that entire thing. Oh, yeah, the bath- Oski, you don't have to worry about that, my friend. That fan is on. That fan is working overtime. Uh, I flew into L.A. that week of the game. We flew in like five, four days before the game because we wanted to play golf and hang out. And this is back now. Now, I have to tell you a story. I, you guys don't mind me, and I'm ranting today. So, like I said, stream of thought. So, uh, my employed roommate and I at the time, we went to that. And he said, you take care of the tickets. I'll take care of transportation. And hotel. I said, okay, great. Tickets were quite expensive. Fourth and five, Vince Young. He got it. Craig Ray on the call. So I show up in L.A., and I have, I'm wearing nothing but orange stuff all week because I'm going to be an asshole all week. Um, and I decided I was going to go on a little shopping spree. While I was down there, I went to Beverly Hills, and they had a, uh, what was called, uh, well, oh, shit, I can't think of it. DXL owns it now. It was a a big-time, big-and-tall store, a fancy one. I forget what the name of it was, but DXL has bought them all out now. And I went in there, and man, oh, man, they have some kick-ass clothes. Back then, I was playing a lot of golf. We played Trump National down in L.A. Uh, We were supposed to play Sherwood Forest. Uh, we ended up we, we ended up playing like three or four different tracks in LA that were awesome, and I had to dress the park part. And I'll never ever forget this. I bought a pair of pants at the uh, the Big and Tall store. I think it was called Oink. No, I I, I don't think so. And uh, back then I was I, I was not very good with money. By the way, still not. That was even worse back then. I think this was my, and this is nothing compared to when you see celebrities do it, but I felt like a big shot. I spent $2,000 in this store on clothes. I bought a pair of pants in that store, and I still have the pants to this day, and they do not fit, and it, it kills me that they don't fit. I will never throw these pants away. They're Zanella slacks. They're made in Italy. Okay. Now, this is going to sound like I'm a gay, but this this is the way it's the way they say it. I've never had a pair of pants drape my legs the way they did. They look so phenomenal and they're like this dark clay color. They went with everything. And they hemmed them for me there and I've worn them like 2 days later to the golf course. Those were $600 pants. That's right. I spent I I spent $600 on a pair of Wool blend pants. Not even leather pants. I didn't care, though. Because I got my savings elsewhere that week. 
So at DXL, they had three pants and four shirts. Uh, that place is so expensive. That is gay. Thank you, Kale. I appreciate that. You got you to gotta call me and check sometimes. So uh, we went to, because uh, we had four days, and all we were doing was playing golf and going out to eat. We stayed in a hotel where they filmed the movie True Lies. That was pretty cool. Most I've spent on a pair of pants was around $40. Then again, my kilt was like 600 so I can't argue with your pants. See? Yeah, it, it's that one. I would never, ever spend that much on pants ever again. That was stupid. But it was cool. So, uh, it was just dumb luck that the Dallas Stars were playing the L.A. Kings that week. Rochester, that was it. There we go, Kale. Thank you. Rochester, big and tall. Right there in the middle of Beverly Hills. Man, I thought I was a big swinging dick. I wasn't, but whatever. So we went to the hockey game, and we walked right up to the box office at the Staples Center because nobody was there because the L.A. Kings sucked. How many how many zippers did the $600 pay? Just one. Just one. In the front. We walked right up to the window, and I said, what are the best seats you have? And they go, uh, five rows up from center ice on the glass. I said, how much? They go, $40. I was like, let's do it. Lucky jeans were a couple. I never wore those. Yeah, those were too girly. I wear Wranglers. So we went to the gate. I walk in. I, I walk into the Staples Center, and this only happened one time before. And it happened with Tommy. Tommy and I went to a pay per view in San Jose. Or it might have been a Monday Night Raw, and we were sitting right behind Jr. and Jerry the King Lawler. My WWE guy got us the tickets. And it was right after the Stars had eliminated the Sharks in the playoffs. And we were wearing black glasses with the tape on it, just like the Dudley boys. And that night we got to actually meet the Dudleys. And Bubba Ray Dudley was cool as shit to us. And I remember when they showed us on the screen sitting behind JR and the King, we got booed because we were wearing Stars jerseys. Well, when I walked into the Staples Center, I had a Longhorns jersey on. And people started booing the shit out of me. And I was like, there, 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 there. I'll let you have tonight because we're going to take Friday or whatever the damn day it was. Oh, and we went to that game, and it was just magical. But the best part happened the day that we were leaving. I walk into the Burbank Airport. I can remember it right now. Just driving up, seeing it. A little bit of shade on the side of the wall. I walk into the airport, and that's what, and they were a Southwest Airlines airport, so it had that old Southwest Airlines gal's voice. The red zone is for loading, <laughs> you know, that, that, that lady's voice. But I walk into the airport, and I hear this ding, and she just goes, hook them horns. And I was like, it wasn't a dream. And there's this little cafe or this little, like, diner area right there at the airport. And there's these two SC fans, and the highlights are being shown. And it was, this, it was the play where Reggie Bush fucking lateraled it to no one. And I walked up right behind him. And I was way bigger than those guys. And I look at him, I go, I bet you he fumbles. 
And I'm I'm decked out in all national championship gear I can find. Those guys were not happy with me. Oh, I know this. It's an expensive machine. Uh, the Kings were not good back then. Long live the 2012 and 2014 Stanley Cup champions. There you go. And abortion is perfectly made reasonable choice. So getting back to this whole blindside idea where you want to take Sandra Bullock's fucking Oscar away from her, hey, here's an idea. Shut the fuck up. Also in the category of shut the fuck up. I just found this story this morning. Um, there's going to be a movie that comes out in December. It's called Maestro. And it's set on um, legendary uh, composer, maestro, Leonard Bernstein. One of the greatest musical minds since Beethoven. Well, Bradley Cooper optioned the rights, meaning he bought the rights. Maestro, the story of a a dog who had to be a slave to a fucking DJ. (laughs) Shit. As the great Dr. States taught us all, you can't spell suck without USC. Damn right. So, um... They're calling out Bradley Cooper because they're starting to roll out some of the previews and some of the trailers. And Leonard Bernstein, a Jewish fella, I don't know if you could tell with the last name of, uh, uh, of Bernstein, but he's Jewish. And he had a larger nose. Well, Bradley Cooper has been wearing a prosthetic nose for the movie to look like the actor. And a lot of people are now calling that Jew face. But that's not the stupidity of this. I mean, that is stupid. First of all, if you want to look like the character, you're going to have to look like the fucking character. But what everybody is upset with is the fact that a non-Jew is playing Leonard fucking Bernstein. Jew face, I almost spit my tea laughing. That's what they're calling it, Jew face. So what you're telling me, Hollywood, is that black folks can play white folks in movies. Men can play women in movies. Women can play men in movies. But how dare you? How dare you not hire a Jewish actor to play Leonard Bernstein? Huh? Some asshole wrote. I I, want to get this correctly. Um... Oh, here it is. Ouch, that's really harsh. So many great Jewish actors out there like Helen Mirren in the soon-to-be-released Golda. Somebody wanted to fucking, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, the, the Jake Gyllenhaal to play him because Jake Gyllenhaal is Jewish. Here's an idea. How about you hire the best actor for the role? 
Did you know? Did you know this is it? Yeah, hold on a second because I have to teach you people this. Burt Reynolds really didn't bootleg beer. Well, that's 100% true. You see, Burt Reynolds is an actor. Jerry Reed, not an actual 18-wheel driver. I know, crazy, isn't it? Denzel Washington has never worked for the CIA. I would imagine the fellow that plays Jason Voorhees has never rent on a rampage at a camp. V. Coop says Al Pacino, hoo-ha, wasn't blind. And that motherfucker won an actor. Fuck you, too. Damn right. How dare they get a non-Jew to play a Jew? Are you kidding me now? Are you fucking serious? I am ready for AI to take over Hollywood. I've got an update. The studios and the uh, I, I haven't I haven't read the update, but I do have an update because they've met with the writers. I don't know what happened, but I'll get to it here in a second. I'm ready for AI to take over. The Titanic did sink, though. Yeah, you mean the six million dollar man isn't invincible, Ken Dog? Ken Dog, you, you, you're you're picking up what I'm putting down. There is no just Ken. By the way, just to let everybody know that Ken and Barbie can't really talk. Stackar says Adele isn't skinny. God damn it. Hello. It's me. We know it's you. We know. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to I don't want to meet you. No, thank you. Um, They need to get deathly ill people to play deathly ill. What happens when they die before the movie's finished? The movie with um, Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston where he played a rich, uh, uber-rich cripple guy. Why didn't they get a regular old cripple guy to play him? Scab Williams is not a doctor. I wish they could have AI do everything in Hollywood now. Same quality, much cheaper production cost, and no annoying cult of celebrities around this horse shit. Well, this, this cult of horse shit... <clears throat> as you like to call it, and I agree with it. I'd happily get paid a contracted amount to be uh, being in a movie, then go back to my normal job. You see, this is the part that I don't understand. The, the actors, the actors, the thespians, the ones that do it for the art form. These actors that are out on strike, do they not remember back when they would drive from one end of Sunset to the other end or wherever the fucking studios are in Burbank, auditioning for role after role? Maybe they had to take some kind of shitty toilet bowl cleaner commercial, but they took that commercial so they could maybe get noticed someday because they loved acting. What happened to all them? Because I imagine there are a bunch of them right now in Hollywood that are willing to film right now. I know they can't because they're Screen Actors Guild people and it's a union and blah, 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 blah. 
Hey, y'all made your money. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Mark Wahlberg doesn't have a big cock. No, it, it was a, it, it, once again, once again, we're learning shit here. It's a prosthetic. <sighs> I wondered what happened to all those actors. Because it seems like they're all kind of in it for just for the dollar bills now. And I, I can't blame them. If you're good at something, you should get paid for it. But when's enough enough? I played the clip for you, the girl who's playing the new Snow White, who's completely just ruined that movie. But once again, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, it's a movie where dwarfs aren't even playing dwarfs. But Bradley Cooper shouldn't be playing a Jew. Paul Walker really can't drive too soon? No. All this is going to do is boost up the international film industry. They're more than happy that Hollywood jerk-offs are on strike. Next, you'll tell me pro wrestling is scripted. I would never say anything like that. Political correctness and the stupidity of actors are what's going to ruin Hollywood. And by what, by what I mean ruin Hollywood is, is that we're no longer going to have the stars of today. We're going to have to put up with YouTube influencers and all these kind of people and people that are desperate to work because we want to be entertained. Let me do this story on what they've offered, what, what, what's transpired. The Writers Guild of America is evaluating a counterproposal from uh, Hollywood Studios. If agreed on, would allow union members to resume working after more than 100 days. Uh, the offer, which represents eight major studios, came Friday. Sometimes more progress can be made in negotiations when they're conducted blow by blow. They're not saying what they are. Uh, what's the counterproposal? Uh, according to proposal, uh, the writers will ensure humans will not be replaced by AI in screenplay productions, Bloomberg reported. They also have agreed to share streaming viewership data, including how many hours viewers spend watching a particular show, to let writers in on how widely watched the programs are. So we'll see if that, it, look, if that works, the actors are going to have to come back to work. The actors are going to be screwed. CNS is false. If Paul Walker had still been driving, he'd still be alive. Hollywood writers can't write all the shit that is stolen from the 80s and 90s. No shit. Or me. Can't wait till we get a character on Saturday Night Live that talks to whales. I, I just told my orca friend Saturday Night Live sucks. So dumb. Blow by blow, talking about milkshakes or cocaine. Uh, PowerPoints, point by point. So we'll see if anything happens with that. Now, there's good news to report. Oh, there's there's good news to report. A headline that I saw this morning. Alec Baldwin could still. Be charged. He could still be charged for the shooting after damning forensic report says he did pull the trigger. What? Surprise! 
Surprise, surprise. Golly. A new firearms report claims that Gunn's trigger was pulled. And he may still be charged in the shooting. That killed Helena Hutchins. A new report concluded. Criminal charges were dropped, and the movie finished filming earlier this year, but Baldwin, who denied pulling the trigger, may be called back into court over the killing. The firearms report obtained by People Magazine said the trigger had to be pulled or depressed sufficiently to release the fully cocked or retracted hammer, the evidence of the revolver. Well, I I don't want to be a dick here. But I, 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 I'm, I'm going to be a dick here and say, duh, 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 duh. I love it. Look, I'm just gonna say this right now. I hope he's charged. I hope he faces sentencing. I have no hopes whatsoever that he goes to the big house. He's not going to be running a yard in in Albuquerque's most fucking dangerous prison. I don't even know if they have a prison in Albuquerque or not, so I'm not sure. I would like to see him. I would like... I got to be careful with sneezing. I don't want to fucking reopen my damn nose. Um, He ain't going to go to prison. Just tell you that right now. It's okay. He doesn't have to go to prison. If he's convicted and he has to, like, get, you know, I just want him convicted of this. That'd be fantastic. That's a pound of flesh I need. Just for him to walk around known as a, a manslaughterer. Is that what we call him? A manslaughterer? Hold on a second. Let me let me see if I can find something here because I know I have it in here. It's not there. Hold on a second. I, I can find it even better. There you go. Oh, come on. Is it under that? No. No. No, that... What the fuck happened to it? Oh, wait. Oh, come on. See, this is why... Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Manslaughterer. Daria? What is rotunderer? <laughs> no. Yes, I went all that way just for that. Daria? What is rotunderer? <laughs> no. I want Alec Baldwin to lose his voting rights. Oh, that would be delicious. That would be so fantastic. Oh, that'd be great. Like I said, I'll keep an eye on Keep an eye on all this kind of stuff, I promise. Um, like I said, no politics today, and I'm okay with that. I feel good about that. Unless I do this one here. Yeah, I'll do that story. 
But first things first, I got to do this. This story was sent to me last night by Arised. Cowboy mentality blamed for country's worsening suicide rate among men. Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy previously warned about the epidemic of loneliness. The cowboy mentality of wanting to man up could factor in the epidemic of male loneliness. Why are we trying to fag up all men? I am proud as fuck to be toxic, to have toxic masculinity. I drip toxic masculinity from every pore of my body, and it couldn't make me happier. Ogre says lonely because women are raging cunts nowadays. Professor Naibo Wei spoke with the Washington Post and arise an alternative conception of American masculinity to combat the lack of connection between men. We're tackling the epidemic of loneliness. What kind of fag bullshit is that? I, I don't even understand what this is about. Get a dog, pussy. Nyboy Way, a professor of developmental psychology at NYU and the author of Deep Secrets, Boys, Friendships, and the Crisis of Connection, said many boys are raised with what she called a cowboy mentality. I can do it myself. I don't need others. Often perpetrated by the father wanting the son to man up and not be soft. And? I would go, let's see. Uh, I can do it myself. Well, hold on a second. Let's, let's get the right sound effects in here. Uh, I can do it myself. Okay. I don't need others. Okay. The father wanting the son to man up and not be soft. The whole model of getting help is a part of so-called femininity. Correct the mundo. Women end up being a therapist for their husband and more are getting sick of it. Then don't ask us how we feel. Because we sure as fuck won't tell you. I am so sick of this. That we want to raise this fucking culture of metrosexual men who won't say shit if they have a fucking mouth full of it. Man the fuck up. God damn, boy, I tell you what, this is this is a topic that pisses me off. By the way, if we don't have a lot of men in our society, who is going to defend us? I'm telling you right now, you ain't got us Gen Xers much longer. Because we've done so much damage to our body through alcohol, drugs, stupid choices on bicycles. You, we ain't gonna we, look. Look, we ain't gonna make the seventy-six years. Substance abuse, all the shit that we did to ourselves, we ain't making it that long. You got us now. Ask us how to raise the next generation of men. You don't want a bunch of sniveling. Whiny little bitches running around. Well, wait a second. Hold on. 
I know that I have a plethora of sisters from other misters in the ass family. So, ladies, let me ask you. Do you want a man? Or do you want a, 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 a man who's in touch with his feelings? I always tell my boys to man up if they need help, ask Jesus. Ogre says, women, share your feelings. Men, here are my feelings. Women, oh, I'm not your therapist. Men don't speak so they can build up anger to kill anyone who fucks with their shit. Yep. No more Michael says, Fred! Oh, my God, Fred, you're here. Fred, I was thinking about you because... We- Fred, we-, we have this as your walk-up music. My opinion's the only one that counts. And I, I didn't see you earlier, and maybe that's my fault. I found a couple more that you might like. Now, I, I don't know if you're a gambling man, if you'd like to stick with what you got, or, or would you like to choose behind what, what, what's behind door number one or door number two? And if you don't like them, I can let you go back to the Judge Judy thing. But you got to tell me, Fred. Because I, I have them ready to go. I have them ready to play here, and I'm very excited about this. I sit in the car until my husband opens the door for me. Good for you, Ralphie. You're raised correctly. Uh, do you want John Wayne or Michael Cera? Hi, I'm Michael Cera. Hi. Oh, my gosh. Is, it, is that a roach? I need to go away. Motherfucking man, and I have one. Okay, good. Ralphie says, give me a toxic nail. Chazman says, as a man... Bottle that shit up like you're a man is fucking pussies. Ogre says maybe something with Fred G. Sanford. Well, see, I know Fred. Fred's a big car guy. So, Fred, I'm going to play option A or B, and you can always keep Judge Judy. So, Fred, here's option A. Why can't car seats fit in the back of a Mustang? Because men can't have kids with other men. Big Mustang fan, Fred. Why can't car seats fit in the back of a Mustang? Because men can't have kids with other men. Okay, and and now this is the other one. He's a Mustang guy, so he he drives a lot of Fords. So you got this one, too, to pick from, Fred. Hop into a Chevy. Your phone automatically connects you via Bluetooth. You hop into a Ford Mustang, you automatically register as a sex offender. Now that one's a little bit, that one's a little bit, uh, cuts a little deeper. Or you can keep Judge Judy. It's your choice, buddy. My wife's in a prison right now, but if she uh, were here, she would say she does not into raisinets. She prefers big, hairy balls. Good for her. She wants a man. Look, it's all these bullshit wannabe influencers and actresses, and people think that they're worth something in this world. They say, oh, men have to lighten up. Men need to do this. Men need... Look. 
Was that the video of the Camaro guy? Yeah, it was. Those are both awesome. Let me think on that. Okay, okay. I, I personally like... Why can't car seats fit in the back of a Mustang? Because men can't have kids with other men. I, I heard that, and I just started laughing. And as soon as I heard that, Fred, I started to fucking laugh my ass off. I, did, I just died laughing, so. Look, if men want to go and get a, a, a manicure or a pedicure, that's fine. That's fine. Men do that. Frank Sinatra did that. Frank Sinatra drank fucking straight Jack Daniels. Frank Sinatra was a man. I would say that Frank Sinatra probably fucked more chicks than Will Chamberlain. He was a man. He didn't share his feelings. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with sharing your feelings. But you have to have somebody that's willing to accept hearing your feelings. Because, ladies, let me... uh, I locked option A as well. Let's do that one. Okay, okay, Fred, that's your new one. That is your new one. I I will have that one on there for you tomorrow, my friend. You're a good sport, pal. Um, and, and I love Fred. Hell, I married Fred. Fred and Christine, I married them. So I, I can get away with that. <clears throat> you know how I like to tell the truth on this show? And a lot of times I get in trouble for telling the truth because I let some secrets out, some manland secrets out. Well, I'm about to lay Ass family, I'm, I'm ass men. Ass men, I'm sorry. I got to let this secret out. You don't want to know our deep, dark thoughts. You just don't. And, and, and I'm not saying that because my mind is a fucked up place, because my mind is, and that's why I can do this show so easily. But men's minds are fucking dark. And we're talking men's men. So if you really want to, if you really want to, you better strap it on there, big girl. You, you better bring a sack lunch because that's going to be an all-day job for you to go, what the fuck? And it's because we were raised as boys to become men. Who would ever think the game Bloody Knuckles is a good idea? Secondly, secondly, and more importantly, who would have ever thought that playing bloody knuckles by the light switch when you turn the lights off in the boys' bathroom was a better idea? But we did it. Like grab them by the pussy thoughts. Exactly. Look, look. I love that. I, and I'm gold. I'm so glad you brought that up because that was one of my favorite things to argue about in 2016. Was people walking around going, "Can you believe Donald Trump said grab him by the pussy?" I'm like, "Yeah, he's a man. He's a man who's wealthy and popular. Yeah, he could. Yeah, I, I can imagine he said that." 
I've never heard that. I go, and I remember, I remember I was upstairs in the Reno uh, radio station, the, the new station that my show fucking provided for them when I was on that show. Not that I'm bitter towards them at all. Layoff. Stupid. But a guy said to me, oh, can you believe he said grab him by the pussy? And I looked at it, and it was our program director. And he was a nice guy, but he way liberal, and he and I never ever saw eye to eye on things. We still got along, and I liked him, and he thought I was really funny, which he was right about that. His name was Ken. Ken's a good dude. He just couldn't move his neck. Very, very awkward. And I said, Ken, have you ever been in a locker room? He goes, well, look at me. I was like, okay, fair enough. I said, that's the way guys talk in locker room. Oh, no, no, guys. I'm like, that's the way guys talk. No, I, I've, no I've never. I'm like, you've been backstage at fucking concerts seeing rock bands in the 70s. They were fucking underage girls there. One time my brother and I and a couple other boys waved down broomsticks at each other in our room in the dark. Quite a few bruises. Parents heard our ceiling lights break and we're like, what the blue fuck are you doing? Just slightly got into trouble for that one. Oh, my God. We would have dart fights. That's right, dart fights. We would take our father's dart sets, even the shitty ones. That, that we, wouldn't, we wouldn't get the good darts that, like, Dad used if he was playing. My dad didn't play darts, and we only had a dartboard in the garage. But we would take them rusty-ass old darts and throw them at one another. Our favorite thing to do was go to the end of the block this lady down there who never came out of her house had a detached garage, which those always creep me out. I don't know why. It's like claymation. It just creeps me out. And she had a peach tree. Boy, I tell you this right now. When peaches ain't ripe, they are hard as shit. And we would have peach fights. This lady wouldn't come out and pick peaches. She was fucking like 80 and just decrepit. She didn't care that we were stealing her peaches and chuck them in at one, each, one another. Because that's what boys do. I went through the same. I asked one, does your woman grab you by yours? True story. First time I met the guy through a mutual friend. You listen to the actual quote. He says, if you have money or power, that woman lets you grab him. It was consensual. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was consensual how he said it. Guys talk that way. We used to have cherry fights, yeah. I miss BB guns and dirt clawed fights. BB guns, bottle rocket fights, rock fights, everything fights. I never understood the BB gun fights. Hashtag toxic female. God love you, Ralphie. Had a full hand of cherries would do damage. We would put... It, it, Look, look, it didn't snow very much here in the Metroplex when I was growing up. But if it did snow, we would have fucking snowball fights. And, yes, we would put rocks in the middle of the snowballs. I used to throw glass Christmas light at my brothers and after they burned out. Dirt clod and wood chip wars. We did that at Catholic school once every teacher in the solar system yelled at us to stop. So what did we do? We played tackle football in the parking lot. Well, I tell you what, today's kids, y'all motherfuckers don't know what concussions are. It was Generation X that brought you CTE. 
I'm just telling you that right now. CTE brought to you by Generation X. I've had, I've been diagnosed with two concussions in my life. Roman candle fights, absolutely, Mage. Man, I imagine you had some people in the old country send you some good shit. That was pretty funny. The old country. <laughs> I'm going to have to remember that one. I love that phrase. Oh, you got people in the old country. I used to have an apricot tree, and it's the same, hard as fuck until ripe. Oh, God, yes. I was shot in the face. Oh, I, I can imagine. Oh, with a BB gun. Okay, all right. Now I get you. Smear the queer and three flies up. The hitting is the greatest. How about wall ball? Anybody ever play wall ball? I bet you didn't play wall ball the way we played wall ball. So wall ball is this. You get two or three guys that are standing against a wall, and you throw a tennis ball. <laughs> There'll be a caveat to that. You throw a tennis ball against the wall, and you have to catch the ball. If you drop said ball, then one of the other two would pick up that ball and throw it at you most likely at the back of your head, as hard as they fucking could. And if they missed, they had to go and run and touch the wall as you were going. We called it butt ball. It was hard for me because my dad was a firefighter. I would get in so much trouble. Is I don't know, is butts up that? Roscoe's going to be a boy. He's falling on, he's falling on his head two or three times. He's a boy. Oh, it's like butts. Okay, so... Uh, I was the champ at wall ball, so it is the same as butts up. See, but what we did, we, we, we changed it up a bit. Now, growing up, I was a little bit more nefarious than I am now. And you remember back in the day when you would go to the batting cages? And you remember them, they were like, I want to call them they were yellow, but they weren't really yellow. They were like dirty yellow. They were like urine yellow ball colors. And they were real bouncy. So when you hit them, you, you felt like it was going like 600 feet. Let's see, I just got this. Uh, brother and I used to take apricots from Grandma's orchard tree, or, or orchard tree and use them as a slingshot. Oh, we would have slingshot fights. Oh, absolutely. Shooting rocks at each other with a slingshot? Absolutely, 100%. But we would take those balls from the batting cages, and they were heavier, and they were bouncy. And if you got hit with one of those, holy shit, did it hurt. That's why nobody in my generation made errors. We're fucking playing wall ball because we don't want to get drilled in the back. How about playing Nerf football when you sucked it in that first thing? Hurt like a motherfucker. Those hard plastic, slight rubbery footballs that could gouge eyes out on a good spiral. You know, it, Nerf balls were great until that first tear happened. Until that, or you left it outside and it rained on it, and then the Nerf was ruined. It was heavy. It wouldn't, you couldn't throw the spiral anymore. And once there was a, a hole picked in the Nerf, that Nerf was done. But we would play tackle football in the streets. We didn't care. We had a little tree in our front yard that grew little red berries you could eat. Me and my brothers, sisters would all get straws and spit them at each other. They were so hard and they hurt. Oh, absolutely. Oh, let's talk about spitballs. 
We 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 would, uh, and I still to this day. It, this is funny because this is such a, a a tip of the cap to my youth. When I do the show, I only use old school big pins. Blue, it's the only color I use. And and if I if I if I do a signing or anything, and I don't get to do signings that often, but if I get to do a signing. I try to always bring an orange Sharpie because I like to sign everything in orange. It's just my thing. But the reason why I use these big pins is because we could make these into the greatest blowguns in the world. You would take the pin part out, and the clear ones. Take that, that bottom cap off, take the pin out, and then you had a fucking lethal weapon. Sometimes we would put a pin in there in the spitball, and we'd spit it at people, and the pen would go in their leg. Because, once again, that's what boys did. Now, we've fagged up boys plenty. I, 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 and I keep using that word because, and I don't mean homosexual-wise. I mean lack of manlyhood-wise. That's what I mean. When I hear... Paging Dr. Faggot! Dr. Faggot! I don't think about a guy sucking dick. I think about a mealy mouth kid who, who just stands there, oh, I just sit here, I, I don't want to play football, guys. Can I be the, the scorekeeper? Can I be the referee? We all know that kid. We all remember him growing up. Come on, ass family, let me take you back in time. You get odd teams playing football and that one kid that nobody wanted to pick. Thank God that was never me. And they wouldn't pick him. And the kid would go, well, I'll be the referee, guys. Because we didn't want him as all, all-time quarterback. Remember you had that, too? If you had one kid that could really, really throw well, you're like, he's all-time quarterback. P for K. Pass for kick. Because nobody could kick the ball straight. It wasn't like we were all Raul Allegres back then. Bam. That is a name right there, Raul Alegre from University of Texas. Yeah, his towel still hangs on my wall that I got at the Cotton Bowl against Alabama when Texas beat him in the 80s. In sixth grade, we must add 40 or 50 spitballs on the ceiling. I had these toys called fiddlesticks that were tubes and connectors, so I would bring a fat one and make a howitzer-sized spitballs. That's fantastic. And that's what we did. Two completions for a first down, sure. Oh, yeah. And it didn't matter. Like, like you could get the dog shit tackled out of you, and you got up. Now, once again, once again, I like to tell the truth. I like to, to out men, not gay-wise, but I like to out men in their lies. It hurt. When we got fucking blindsided by somebody who took us out in the fucking midsection with a tackle because we ran a middle route and somebody tackled us real hard and we hit the ground and went boom, first of all, there's no tears. And secondly, you got up. You didn't pussifyly lay there unless you were knocked unconscious. The only way you didn't get back up as a kid, as a boy, is if you were actually knocked unconscious. The first of my two 
concussions. I think I told you about this weird family that lived on the street that I had. Had this one kid that was missing a whole bunch of DNA. His name was Devin. Devin was a weird kid. He had like a hollow man face. But that kid was happy all the time. He was always having fun. And we used to always say, Devin, are you a man or a mouse? I'm a man. I mean, he was fucking free. He was weird. He's like a Todd McFarlane character. And he always smelled like poop. We manned that kid up. You didn't want to get hit by Devin because you would smell like shit for the rest of the day. But we were playing in Devin's yard. We were playing baseball. And I was catching. And his brother Jeff, weirdo, wasn't paying attention, allegedly. And he swung a wooden bat, an old, hard-ass wooden bat, one of those wooden bats that you can't break. And it hit me right in the temple. Down goes Arnie. I went down and popped right back up. The first thing I did was check my ears for bleeding. There was a little bit. So then I went home. And I like the way home, I'm trying not to cry until I went into the house. I was, I was like 12. You're 12 years old. You get hit in the head with a bat. You're going to cry when you get home. I'm like, oh, I got hit in the head with a bat. My mom's like, who did it? I'm like, Jeff did it. Did you do it on purpose? I'm like, no, I don't think so. She could see a little bit of blood. She's like, okay, we have to take you to the hospital. Went to the hospital. It was a Sunday. I was so excited. So excited. It's like 9 o'clock at night. My bedtime was like 8. I'm in the hospital at 9. And I'm just sitting there all cocky. I'm feeling better now. My head, my head's still throbbing. And I think to myself, ooh, I got a concussion. That means no school tomorrow. I'll never forget. Doctor walked in. He says, you seem to be in a good mood. I said, well, yeah, I ain't going to school tomorrow. And he goes, why? And my mom was sitting right there. I was like, you son of a bitch. He's like, no, you'll be fine to go to school. This is only barely, it, it's almost a grade two concussion. Back then, we didn't know what a grade two concussion was. Your mom's going to have to wake you up every 20 minutes or so. But, yeah, you can go to school the next day. My mom's like, bet. Get home. I go to bed. 20 minutes later, I'm awakened. My parents did that for like 40 minutes, and they're like, okay, we'll go in every hour, hour and a half. Make sure he's still alive. But I had to go to school the next day. You know why? Because that's what boys did. Well, if you were gasping for air while your lips were turning purple, you got three minutes of that happened. Yeah. Best friend of 27 years and I became friends by her uh, flicking pennies at me in our choir class. Almost got in a fight. We also used to have spit contests. Who can spit the furthest? There you go. My neighbor and I would have ladder matches in the front yard and hook a belt on a tree branch. To this day, I don't know how we ever broke any bones falling off that ladder. I'm going to go back to a wrestling story. Rhino, what'd you miss? Oh, you missed so much. I'm just talking about the when we were kids growing up, how great it was. I hit myself in the head swinging too hard, shook out the cobwebs, and went right back to it. I actually died from a bike crash when I was six. Uh, luckily, the woman who lived there heard me crash, did CPR. Wow. CPR on me in the gutter, and I was lying unresponsive. 
Well, we had bike crashes like there was no. I uh, my second concussion. Uh, I was never diagnosed with a concussion on this one. I was diagnosed with one more concussion in life, but our generation, we weren't pussies. We didn't have to wear a helmet on a bicycle. If you wore a helmet on a bicycle, I'd like to thank everyone for your orders and spreading the word. God bless you all. That's awesome, Rhino. Ryan, are you going to be available to talk today? I I, I got some ideas. I, I I did something in Lister Mail, and 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 I, I, I yeah, we'll talk. I I I don't want to wear my welcome thing because I got some T-shirt ideas. Just say, just say. Um, anywho, we built a ramp. You remember, you remember building a ramp when you were a kid? You got your BMX bike. Look, I had a huffy. I had a huffy. I, I ain't afraid. To, I wanted a red line, but we were poor. I couldn't have a red line. Couldn't have a mongoose. Best my parents could do was a huffy that I later painted and put red line stickers on. Not a red line. But I remember taking that bike. And you remember as a kid when you would ride a BMX bike and you would swing it side to side to gain speed? I had never gotten a bicycle going that fast before in my life. And I hit this old jankety ramp, and we built this ramp, and we set it next to a curb. And you, you would jump this thing, and you would get some air on this. And we would land in the yard. You're supposed to land in the yard. Well, knockoff red line, a.k.a. bread line. <laughs> So uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm riding this thing, and I hit this ramp, and I pull up on it. And I have never been that high in the air on a bicycle before. I was fucking stoked, man. I was gleaming the cube. That's a skateboard reference, right? I'm sorry. I, I won't say the letters R, little r, capital A, D together, because I hate that word. That was more of a bicycle movie. But I did what they call a tabletop. Where you like you slide your bike underneath you and it's like you're on a tabletop, but I didn't mean to. See, that was the problem. I didn't mean to. And I didn't know how to pull out of that, so I just landed pretty much on the side. But when I landed, my head hit a Volkswagen that was right next to the fucking curb. Yeah, that would knock me unconscious. That was the first time I was knocked unconscious. My friend Todd, his mom, came running out. She had ammonia. She put ammonia underneath my nose. She's like, wake up, wake up. Good old Juanita. That was his mama's name was Juanita. I crashed my bike, which broke my neck and hand. Uh, took a chunk out of my hip, road rash up my back, got concussion. Went to school the next day and took a clothesline going for a football in PE. Nice. Red lines were the shit. Had to build mine. Found an abandoned frame. It was like Christmas. Dude, those bikes today are like thousands of dollars. We had the coolest shit back then. But see, that was a part of being a boy. Being a boy meant you did really, really, really stupid shit. Now, some of us, not me, We'll work our way out of that. 
and, and relent the stupid shit. Some of us continue to do it, mainly because sometimes it's our job, sometimes it's just fun. But the idea that we're going to try to get rid of toxic masculinity, any sort of masculinity today is defined as toxic. Nothing. There aren't a lot of things that get me more mad than when my manners are called into question. And by manners, what I mean is when I say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. I am very respectful to people at the jump because I believe to get respect, you have to give respect. If I hold the door open for an older gentleman or somebody who's even my age or even younger, and they are polite and they say thank you, I say you're welcome. Or they'll say thank you, sir, or or they'll hold the door open for me, I'll say thank you, sir. Have a good day, sir. Same thing with ma'am. Now, I have a couple of times heard, please, I I am not a ma'am. No, you're going to be knocked out here real quick because I'm not calling you old, you stupid cunt. I'm showing you a sign of respect that I was raised with. You ain't going to take that away from me. <laughs> I can't believe you just called me ma'am. Do you know how old, how old do you think I am? I don't give a fuck how old you are. You got a fucking cooter, and I'm trying to be a gentleman here and hold the fucking door open for you. You're lucky I don't say anything. My words will eviscerate you. We did stupid shit in our jeans and ripped up shirts. These kids wear dresses and take Ubers. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. In my house to this day. Look, I I don't give a shit who you are. I will say sir and ma'am to you. Don't care. It's who I am. Also, another thing that I do, just because it's my thing. I don't care if I'm at 7-Eleven. I don't care if I'm at Taco Bell. When, when that person does their job and they ring me up and I'm leaving, I usually say, hey, y'all have a good day. And it ain't anything because I'm better than anybody. It's just who I am. People find that strange. How do, why did you say have a good Because I'm trying to be nice. I don't want to be an asshole. I mean, if you want me to be an asshole, I can turn the asshole thing on like quicker than a hiccup. Ma'am is acceptable. Just don't call anyone mammy. <laughs> Yeah, you might want to stay away from that one. But you see, boys did dumb shit all the time. And that's what turned us into men. It turned us into men who may have had some fears, but they knew their fears could be over, over, overtaken if they just did it. The fear of the unknown, that's a real thing. You don't know what's going to happen. But you got to embrace it, especially if you're a man. And by the way... Us being men and being the way we are is not taking anything away from you gals. Y'all want to be y'all want to be tough gals. You gals go right ahead. No problem whatsoever. You want to be uh, rough and tough. Hey, more more power to you. Just don't fuck around and find out. That's all I'm gonna say. Just don't fuck around and find out. Because, see, here, here's the thing. I'm just going to let you in on this is the last secret I'm going to let you in on, and then I have to do a story because I promised 
I promised yesterday that I would do this story because I've had this story for like the last two days. Um, Kelly asked me if I'd do this story because she sent it to me. So I'm going to do the story. But the last thing, the last truth I'm going to tell you is this. Boys who turn into men, who've always been boys, We're stupid. When it, when it comes to common sense, we can have a lot of street smarts, but when it comes to common sense, we ain't we ain't hitting a thousand. Guys, guys, we ain't hitting a thousand at all. If we're hitting 300 when it comes to common sense, this is why we get paid millions of dollars in the big leagues to hit, go three for 10. Because we still do dumb shit. For example, boys doing dumb, dangerous shit since, oh, probably the first K-boy. <laughs> Dared another to stick his hand in the fire. Uh, Kelly says, yay, thanks, Arnie. You're welcome. I will do the story here in a second. We men think with a small head. It's not even thinking with a small head. It's We just don't think sometimes. Great example. I was in my 20s. Mid to later 20s, so I'm sober at this point. And I was at a radio station event. And I was bored to death. We were at a live remote. Nobody was coming out there. The rain, rain washed away. Oh, hell, I'm getting paid $100 an hour. I don't give a fuck. So I'm standing there, and I notice that we have some zip ties. Once again, stupid man. So I, I, I take my index and my middle finger on my right hand, and I grab the zip tie, and I zip tie my fingers together. Not realizing that I've pulled it far too taut to just simply slide it off my fingers. And now my fingers are starting to turn blue. I start to panic a little bit, and everybody else is laughing because they had scissors to be able to get. They're like, what were you thinking? I'm like, I wasn't. Every guy who's listening right now is probably laughing because they've done something that stupid in their adult life. Now when I do dumb shit in public, I just laugh it off because I know I'm stupid. But that's what men do. That's You want to call it toxic. You want to do all that kind of stuff. I tell you what, then. You open your own fucking pickle jars, you kill your own fucking spiders, and you protect yourself. Trash Panda says, yep. Oh, God. we And they're so tough. So tough. All right, final story. Like I said, I've had it for a couple days, and it, it, it's pretty, this is scary. And once again, proving, you know, that Cowboys girl, Cowboys girl, this story will not affect you whatsoever. 
okay? Because nature is not your friend unless you're a Cowboys girl. Can't start this topic at the end. Oh, I started this topic like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> Chats will light up with long stories, LOL. Um, Jen Royce of Bozeman, Montana, was floating down the Jefferson River with some friends, having the best day of her life. Woo! Going too bad. Facts. Well, that's when things went wrong. Joyce celebrating her birthday, living her best life. Her friend says, I didn't even have a chance to get the words out. Those words were, there's an otter behind you. And before she could turn around, that otter said, An otter? I'm sharing the picture with you. That otter fucked this chick clean up. She says, without any exaggeration, God's honest truth. I didn't think I was going to make it out of that river. I had no clue if my friends were going to make it out. But by the grace of God, we did. Are are otters that fucking mean? Like, Like, I... I need to I need to Google real quick a fucking otter. Image. You got attacked by that? You you got attacked by by, by a sea going ferret? This is a sea weasel. That thing fucked her up, man. We were helpless. I tried to kick it away. How big a fucking otter is it? They ain't that big. I tried to kick it away, but I would just get attacked somewhere else. I tried to hold it back at one point by grabbing its arm to hold it away. The group was in the middle of the water. Why not take the fucking otter, take it by the fucking throat, and smash it into a goddamn rock? That's what a man would have done. As soon as I hear, (laughs) and I realize I'm getting attacked by something that's probably been in a Disney movie, uh uh-uh, no, sir. If nature's going to take me out, it's going to be a fucking bear, a moose, uh, a a Shetland pony. I don't, it's not going to be a fucking otter. They can swim up the river through the Delta. Tomorrow is me and James's 10th wedding anniversary. That's awesome. 22 years together. So tomorrow we may not be on. Have a great afternoon, y'all. You too. Nice otter. Thanks. I just had it stuffed. I made the choice knowing that the pain would cause my friends to tell her I loved her to ask her to watch over my kids. Otter bit her damn ear off. I mean, I feel bad for the gal because she's all fucked up in the face and everything. She got attacked by an otter. Fucking hey, why ain't you got a knife on you? Fucking gut that, clean it, and cook it. Little bastards are better swimmers than a bunch of slippery muscles. That's why you got to have a knife. 
take my damn Bowie knife with me. I ain't going tubing anytime soon. Well, first of all, when was I going to go tubing anyway? That's just stupid. That does it for us today, ass family. I hope you didn't mind my, my streamline of thought today. Uh, on, on, on the anniversary of Elvis Aaron Presley's passing. I thought it was a great show. I had a lot of fun with you guys. Thank you so very much. We will be back tomorrow. Same Arnie time, same Arnie channel. Please remember, uh, every room you walk in is better. Why? Because you are in there. So until tomorrow, now this is a long one here. This is the only song that, that George Strait's ever covered to Elvis's. And you know what? No, I ain't going to play it because I, I, I really hate Milk Cow Blues. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play this instead, just for Elvis. Until tomorrow, adios, everybody. And now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain, my friend. I'll say it clear, I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full, I traveled each and every byway, oh, and more, much more than this, I did it right. I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do and saw it through without exemption. I planned each charted course, each careful step along the by.
you don't like it, learn to love it. Woo! The Arnie State Show. Because it is the best thing going today. You've been listening to The Arnie State Show at ArnieRadio.com. Stop it, stop it, stop, 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 stop talking. Um, I, I did just want to take a moment to thank everybody. Goodbye now. I am going to go get late. Goodbye. See you tomorrow. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. 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 He's done. That's what's happened. It's over. He's finished. Law enforcement is outside waiting to arrest him.